man. So how'd you guys come up with Snake Bros? <laughs> <laughs> Brothers of the Serpent. So it's yeah. it's a it's like a lot of things on our show. It's it's multiple. It's got layers of meaning. Okay. Uh, we are brothers. Yep. You know, so we have been talking about this kind of stuff for a long time. And then the serpent is an ancient symbol for wisdom or knowledge, or the it, and it implies the seeking of wisdom and knowledge, or the keeping of okay. wisdom and knowledge, right? Or, or so the bringer of knowledge. Could know, be the bring. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. gods that are associated with it is are the bringers of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? right, uh, right. But the like a brotherhood of the serpent are like knowledge keepers. Gotcha. And seekers. Gotcha. So this is a play on those words. Cool. Brothers of the serpent. Cool. Right? Cool. Love yeah. it. Love it. And how long have you guys been doing the podcast thing? Oh, six years. Yeah. Almost six. seven. 2016, okay. I think we yeah. started, right? Uh, okay. Six. What? That's not. Is that right? I don't know. Is don't it quote eight, me on that. years? <laughs> Maybe coming up on eight years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait, how long how, have we been saying six years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. We got 300 know. episodes, man. It must have been a while for... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's... Yeah. Uh, man, it's it's been an amazing journey. I mean, you know, when we started it, I mean, we didn't do any... It was audio only. We had no idea that anyone would ever listen. Yeah. You know, we didn't tell anybody. We I mean, didn't we, do any marketing. No marketing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the yeah. thing was, is we were having these amazing conversations, but just between us. And I was like, bro, we should do a podcast and just record this stuff. Yep. And then I think he told one of our friends after we published the first, he was like, hey, man, we just published a podcast episode. And this guy went and listened to it. And he's like, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, maybe you should work on this and this. And we just went from there. And then, you know, uh, like, I don't know, six months later, I'm like, dude, like a hundred people just downloaded that episode we <laughs> nice. published <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> who are these people yeah, yeah. uh you know and it's just got grown, grown from there that's so, awesome yeah. yeah so what kind of stuff do you guys dive into just for the audience so they're aware uh our main topic is really is uh, ancient you know really ancient civilizations i mean you could say lost civilizations but we're we're both have been in construction you know we we have done a lot of building we run heavy machinery mm -hmm. So we're very interested in sort of like, how do they do this? Mm -hmm. You know, they're moving enormous blocks. They're, they're constructing things with precision that have alignments. You know, they're if they're, if they're off from true North, it's just this tiny, tiny little fraction of a degree. Mm -hmm. And we're interested in that because, you know, we've had to lay out buildings and we've, you know, you're going through and you're putting the pieces on and you know that like most of the time on normal construction, you're, your margin of error is more like a quarter of an inch, not like, you know, like tiny, tiny amounts like they've right, done with right. enormous blocks. Right, right. So it's... Uh, On 13-acre buildings. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and we, we, uh, we've planted vineyards, you know, or orchards yeah. where we get the surveying equipment and we lay out where, how, where all the trees are going to go and we're trying to make straight lines. Yep. And then we're standing up looking at it and we're like, the, the Great Pyramid is like 10 of these. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. So, yeah, so that's that's really our, like one of our favorite things. And going to Egypt, it's it's like that. We're looking at it from a construction standpoint. Like, yep. uh, I think people of any profession kind of do this. Yep. You know, no matter what your profession is, if you see a job that was done by somebody in your profession, you kind of look at it and you're like, I wonder how they, they did this part. Yeah. You're yeah. interested in it. And so we are as yeah. well. Yeah. And but you we, guys are going back to Egypt in February. You're taking a, a, a tour of people out there in yeah. February again? Right. Yep. We're yep. with Ben. Yep. You know, yep, shout yep. out to Ben. He's, he's fun to work with. He's awesome. Yep. yep. So yeah, we're actually doing two tours like back to back. Nice. It's going to be nice. 
yeah, it's yeah, going to be amazing. Fun. Yeah, the first one sold out, I guess, right? And so yeah. Got, yeah, sold out. And yeah. then, well, we were intending to go to Baalbek, but that, okay. you know, that kind of fell through because of world events. Yeah. So we just decided to do a second tour instead in Egypt. Man, kind I of really want to go see Baalbek. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm very upset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And so what other what other stuff do you guys kind of cover on the on the show? I mean, I, I, I saw the uh, you got an 11 part series on the path of the pole. I want to talk yep. a little bit about yes. the pole. We talk a lot about geology. We talk about physics, physics, uh, cosmology. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You guys, uh, just from listening to you, and I know just from talking to you just this morning, you guys are both very well-educated and very bright, but your knowledge from of physics and everything else comes from where? Where it's did you guys? Self-taught. Sort of, all yeah. self-taught. Yeah, yeah that's which awesome. means like we're mostly wrong all the time, especially with <laughs> physics. <laughs> totally fine with being wrong. Yeah. It's not yeah. a problem. The, right. the thing right. is, is, the, is, the, is maintain the curiosity, explore, and then also sort of, we have this... Um, we, the philosophy on our show is like the certificate of ignorance. In other words, like admit that that in general, we're still the, the human race in general is still figuring things out, right. trying to explore the universe around us and what is going on. And so there's this tendency, though, with especially with modern science to sort of act like we kind of got most 100 percent. Yeah, we got yeah. it figured out. There's some details around the edges that maybe we don't understand yet, but pretty much we we understand what's going on. And I, I completely disagree. I completely agree. And I you. think that, you know, you find out when you read like whether it's, you know, some papers in archaeology or in physics or you listen to these guys, they're like, no, we kind of don't really have it uh, nailed exactly. down yet. Yeah, right. right. So we call that the certificate of ignorance, you know, like Love you got to write it yourself Yep. yep. And, and you put it up on your wall and you just remind yourself every day, we don't know what's going on yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and at every point throughout history, we've kind of thought that we've had everything figured out, like in terms yes. of like, you know, and we've always been like, oh, we're at the pinnacle. We're at the peak. We know everything. And it's like, yeah. you know, 50 years later, 10 years later, sometimes one year later, it's like, you know, yeah, we didn't really quite get right. that, you know, and, and then looking back upon our past, upon our history, it's like, wow, we really knew nothing. And, and future versions of us are going to say the same thing about yeah, us today. Exactly. You know, we wow. have a, we have a joking phrase about this. That's there's the there's a manual for how the universe works and it's always the final edition yeah, yeah. it's right. updated every day <laughs> it's, it's always right. updated but right. it's love the it. final yeah. people treat it like it's the final edition yeah, yeah. right right yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah love it yeah it's so true and and it just speaks to the importance of just curiosity and just you know yes. just continuing to ask the question and i know you guys probably get a lot of it and just me from my first you know bunch of whatever seven episodes it's, it's like i get a lot of it like people you know you know no that's not right we right. know we know the answer to that you know and it's yeah. like yeah well do we you know we thought clovis first you know sure uh, you know for uh, everything i mean archaeology the, the mainstream is just constantly rewriting that story of human history every day because we learn something new and it's like it's so hard to change the paradigm or not even change the paradigm but just explore new possibilities and alternatives because people are so dogmatic and just so like you know no, this is the way, this is the answer, yeah. this is the truth. And it's yeah. like, you know, let's just keep an open mind. Like, can we just like explore like the question? And I love that about your guys' podcast. And I think that's why you guys are, you know, so popular and, and such have such oh, a successful you. podcast is because you guys just explore the question, you know, and it's like open-minded exploration of the truth. Yeah. Thank you. I Thank think you. the world becomes so much more interesting and fascinating and fun when you realize wait a minute, we don't have this figured out. And this is a mystery. Then, then there's something to be discovered. And that's, yeah. that's just a great feeling yep. to me to pursue the discovery. Yep. Um, even though I, I also, we also talk about this, we're not ever going to find the complete whole truth. 
it's probably not going to happen. We can get closer to it, but it's, it's that process, which, um, is so fascinating and it makes life worth living yeah. to me. Yeah. The yeah. mystery. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. It's like, it's that old saying that, um, science advances one death at a time. Yeah. <laughs> one um, funeral at a time. One funeral at a time. <laughs> yeah. but, but if people were open-minded, it wouldn't have to, you know, like that's we, right. we could, we could, we could advance so much faster if we kept an open mind and it, it didn't take a death to, you know, to overturn some old paradigm. Yeah. You know? so, that's right. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to today talking through some of this stuff with you. I know we share a lot of the same interests, so yes. I was excited that you guys, uh, were, uh, you know, willing to come on and try some, some baby new podcast and some, you know some new show oh so man anytime this is great yeah i wow, wish awesome. we'd have had this studio for our baby podcast <laughs> i love what you've done here man oh, this thanks. is amazing yeah, it's yeah. awesome ever evolving ever yeah evolving for sure it is always evolving yeah yeah but um well cool man yeah so um let's dive into a topic you know um you know where do you guys where do you think is a good place to start well first let's like let's you know, how, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's that open exploration, you know, it's like trying to find answers. Like, I feel like that we don't have a good explanation for, I, I feel like that it's important for humans to have a good agreed upon base reality. Like, like, and yeah, I was, I was kind of mentioning this when at, at uh, breakfast this morning, but like, like if we don't all have the same understanding of our past and the same, like, and, and it's not, we don't always, we don't have to agree upon it. That's not what I'm saying. But, but there's certain events that have happened throughout human history that, that, they either happened or they didn't happen. And, and, yeah. and currently like the younger Dryas is a great example, you know, like we're, we're being told that, Oh no, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. You know, all yeah. the megafauna went extinct because of overhunting, you know, <laughs> and, and the sea levels all, you know, completely changed and not all during that 1200 year younger Dryas period, but sea levels were dramatically changing. You know, the temperature was, was, was changing the, um, we're finding, you know, evidence, um, of meteor impacts, you know, and just, uh, just a cataclysmic time period and it's like nobody really understands that you know and nobody yes. really like is talking about that and so you know i think the the carolina bays is another good example you know something oh, that, yeah. that was just talked about and it's like you know there's so many things out there that that we just kind of th that we just accept as you know factor the way things are without really asking the question and going back and exploring and, and diving into old theories that may or may not be true you know they may or may not hold any weight they may or just be just you know something before the computer before google earth that we just kind of made up with you know made up and kind of go along with i think that you know the the pyramids as tombs yes um, mm -hmm. yep. you know that's like one of those old 150 200 year old theories then you know there's never been a pharaoh found in a pyramid you yeah know? it's like it's like <laughs> well you know let's ask those questions let's explore those topics and so for me asking the questions and kind of exploring some topics that make people uncomfortable who you know are um who think that you know we do have the answers we are at the pinnacle we are at the peak of human civilization um i think it's just important that we talk about this stuff and so and because i think that a base reality for or, or a, a, a general understanding of of the the this world that we're living in that we're operating in um, that we're trying to navigate and understand and make decisions about for not only ourselves as individuals but as a species um i think it's important that we explore our past and you know and that could tell us a lot about our future and so you know asking those questions i think is critical i think the ufo thing you know which i want to maybe get into with you guys a little yeah, bit absolutely. later you know that's like that's a like we ought to know if that's real you yeah know? like like that's something, something is that, happening 
happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, we should probably as a species agree on that. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes. yes. You know? So um, like stuff like that, I guess. That's kind of why I'm in this. And it, the, the, yeah. And we definitely need to talk about that. We have another thing we joke about on our show with the UFO thing is that it's so strange that it almost doesn't look like uh, it could be just regular aliens and nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts craft showing up. Yeah. So we had this idea that eventually somebody like that will show up mm-hmm. and they'll be like, have you guys been seeing this weird stuff too? Because uh-huh. we have it on our planet and we have no idea what it is either. You know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, the UFO stuff is really strange. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It yeah. really is. Yeah, and getting stranger and getting so mainstream now, you know, yes. which is fantastic. Like, I felt like, I, you know, I've been following this topic for 35 years almost. I mean, really since really? Bob yeah, Lazar, so you know. Yeah, okay. I've, I've been like into this thing for a long time. But you couldn't really talk about it with that many people, you know, yeah. 15 years ago, you know, 20, 20 years ago. Because people were like... Yeah, it's kind of like you mean is like kind of like Bigfoot, you know? Like, right. Like, and it's like no, you know. I mean, but yeah, you know, I mean yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't sometimes know if you guys are Bigfoot, Bigfoot people, but sometimes Bigfoot shows up after UFO sightings, which is weird. Yeah, you're right. I don't right. know if they're connected. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we could we can take it back to because first of all, you have the vases, and so we can always talk about Egypt. That's one of our favorite subjects. We're about to go there. Cool. One of the main things that I, that we've both noticed when, when going to Egypt, you have to realize you're just like with geology, you're looking through layers and layers and layers, except in in Egypt's case, it's occupation, right? right? So with geology, it's, it's time and, uh, you know, small floods and big weather events and everything that like leave sediment, cover things over, change Mm -hmm. things or whatever, uh, or erosion, Right. So usually it's either deposition or erosional. And in Egypt, you have the same thing, but it's people doing it. In some places, Mm -hmm. people are piling stuff on. Other places, they're taking it away. Mm -hmm. They're quarrying the old stones from the pyramids and removing it. You know, or in other places, they've been living in this temple for thousands of years and bringing animals and goats in there and just living in there in general and just piling up stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, And so and then also building on them again. You know, so something will fall down and then they'll repair it and then it'll fall down again and they'll repair it. And so you're looking through thousands of years of layers of renovation and reuse. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All the way up to the modern time. You know, you're walking down a path that was made 50 years ago for people, for tourists, you know, looking at something off to the side that's a thousand years old and then farther out, there's something that's 4,000 years old, you know, and in the middle of that, there's something that might be 20,000 years old. We just don't know. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's interesting in general, this is not always the case, but in general, the older stuff is, is using bigger stones Mm -hmm. with more difficult materials. Yep. Uh, and is just in general, a little more anomalous, right? You know, now the dynastics were some of the dynastic periods, they were, they were phenomenal, uh, architects and engineers and builders, like their temples are just amazing to walk through, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, but when you're walking through them, every surface is covered in writing is, is painted some of the, you know, the ceilings, some of the the paint still remains that mm-hmm. they've cleaned it up, especially like in the temple of Hathor. Uh, and it's just beautiful up there. And it's this, it's the night sky or it's telling you all the, there's all these symbols and everything, but every surface is, is got words or pictures. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely decorated. And then the sites themselves are open. The pillars are 
far apart. And you can tell you're supposed to, people are supposed to come in here and look and see and read and learn. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a pyramid Nothing. and it's like being in a machine. Yeah. It's completely different. You, you feel like you're sneaking around in the underbelly of a city with all the machinery. You're, you're maybe you're not supposed to be in there mm-hmm. or it's dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. this is the maintenance shaft for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the Osirian is like this as well. Like being in the Assyrian is like being in the basement of some large structure. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, right now it's full of rubble and water and everything, but it's if if that wasn't there, there would be these deep pits that you could fall into easily, and you're kind of like sidling along, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's those structures we like to look at because you start wondering, well, what is this really for? If right. This pyramid isn't a tomb, right? What is it? What is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If the Osirian isn't like a, a, a temple to Osiris, but it's some, has some function yeah. other than that, then what, what exactly is it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think on, on the, what do you guys think on the great pyramid? Like what, what in terms of like what it could have been? I mean, I know there's a couple of theories out there with the, you know, the, the land of Kim, there's the, yeah. you know, Chris Dunn's theory, there's, um, uh, uh, you know, potentially irrigation or a water pump theory, right. you know, like what, what those all make more sense than the tomb than theory. The tomb. Yeah. And in general, like we are, I think we're in agreement that it's the idea that it's a large project that benefits the whole population is, makes more sense. So power plant, a chemical plant or, mm-hmm. you know, metallurgy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the other thing with those pyramids is that they're connected to the entire plateau in some way. There's, you know, when you're outside the pyramid itself, there's, there's tiling and then under the tiling are channels. We were talking about this the other day. And yeah, so, the pyramid complex is, yeah. is uh, there's a lot more than just the pyramid and the tunnels inside of it, but they are connected to other, they look like drains. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you have these, the grounds around the pyramid have humongous limestone tiles uh, that could be as big as this floor. And underneath them in many places are granite stones that have a trough cut in them that's running along and, it, and they'll empty out into these granite bowls right so there was something going on under the ground and this was cool the last clearly clearly functional for some purpose yes there is a function going on and and who knows how they might be connected to other chambers in the pyramid we don't know right right um they've obviously they're finding evidence of more chambers and internal structures in that pyramid right right um because but, of the renovation and reuse, it's like, well, what was the original function of, you know, versus what right. what, what everything looks like today? Yeah. But one of the pyramid complexes went to, I can't remember which one it is, but the causeway that goes all the way up has one of those troughs run down the center of it all the way down mm-hmm. to, I think, some spring or something. I don't remember is that, what was there. Is that Abu Sir or Abu Garab? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I'm bad with the names. But... It's Both just, of those have the the also the ch- the under the channels running around mm-hmm. and Yusuf will talk about how we're told this is like a, a sewage <laughs> system, but the whole uh, thing yeah. ends up in a a relatively small granite bowl, and you're like, no, <laughs> that's not how sewage works. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a there was a guy that was with us on the last tour. Um, we became fast friends. He's a great guy, but he's he farms, uh-huh. and we were talking. He was like, what? You know, what are some of the other things besides a power plant and some of these other ideas that have come about that would be worth it for society to invest this much labor and time and effort into constructing? Mm-hmm. What what else? And he he was just like, they could be making fertilizer. Mm-hmm. 
So it would be like a chemical processing plant, which I think Yusuf has even talked about, like yep. the different. I don't know. There's, there's. I think that's, and that's a pretty the land compelling. Of Kim idea. also talks too. about this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. the idea that they were doing some kind of chemical process. Yeah, right. alchemy. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. so, what about in terms of the date? You know, in terms of the like, because so there's there's good arguments on both sides. I mean, from like on the celestial side, you know, and like in terms of when when the when the big pyramids were built. Yeah. And um, you know, there's there's but then there's some carbon dating. You know, that all seems to conveniently date back to when we you know the, yeah. the 2500 BC time period. You know, so what's what's your guys' thoughts on the on the dates of those structures? And then I'll ask you about the Sphinx, which I think everybody agrees is you know significantly it's older. old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I haven't landed on anything with it. I would not be surprised if uh, some of the larger pyramids in, or or at least something was there a long time ago, uh, because again, we're talking about people would go and add on to stuff mm -hmm. and then do it again, and. Right. Um, you know, like the Great Pyramid could be at least some of it may be very old. Um, but you're one of the things with the carbon dates, like is it the uh is it the bent pyramid that has the the wood? It is, yes. Yeah. 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 But you know, when you're looking it's at like that cedar, wood, think, you see right? yes, the cedar in there, yeah. you're wondering like cedars of Lebanon. Is right. that yeah. original right. or not? Right. Because people did come in here and explore these things, and in some cases, like with this this bent pyramid, you had to build structures to get up to the top of a, of a huge, uh, chamber to get into a little tiny doorway to get to the next part. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And then you're, and then the, the wood is in these, there's like multiple different false floors. Right. Right. And right. the wood is down in there. And so I can, you can believe that people are putting those in to lift things out yeah. from these, from beneath these false floors. Yeah. 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 So I don't know how old they are. Right. Right. Yeah. What about the, uh, the paint that Vice Howard Vice found that oh in the Great Pyramid in the, great in the relieving pyramid. chambers yeah. why won't they carbon date that right and show us all that it comes from that period well because they know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they already know there's no need to do science. there's no need to do that test because we already know what it is yeah yeah until yeah. they do it people are going to ask that question it's yeah a, it's a good I mean it's a reasonable question it is a reasonable question yeah. and the fact that they got so angry that some people took some samples out of there mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. is it interesting yeah 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 no doubt yeah 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 and zahi was basically saying these guys claim that the pyramid is twenty five thousand years old or whatever and i'm like they Nobody, didn't say that, saying that. Yeah. yeah yeah um i think you're afraid that it will be that old though right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe he knows it maybe he already maybe knows. he knows yeah. yes because yeah. you know zahi's connection to the are and just that whole situation is very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. I, I remember when I first saw the internal structure of the a, a diagram of the internal structure of the Great Pyramid. I thought it looks like that the King's Chamber and this whole thing was like built first, mm -hmm. and then somebody came and you know put started, a triangle over top, of it. <laughs> put a giant triangle yeah. on it yeah. to protect it. Yeah. Um, I just wonder about that. Like maybe there was like a sacred mound or something like that, and people had built. Maybe an observatory there at some point in the past, and then later it just you know people keep coming back and adding on to it. Uh, this is a it's not good, unheard of. This is a pretty good diagram, and notice the the mound, so that the the ground yes. level beneath the pyramid. Right. This is the other thing. As a construction guy, you come That's into terrible. you built to build a building. You flatten your workspace, your mm -hmm. service, but they purposefully left this mound in mm -hmm. there and had to build. 
the layers of the you know the the uh, the layers of stone around that. They just why didn't want the do... pyramid sliding around. Yeah, you don't want it. You want it plugged in. You don't want it sliding around. But that's the thing is like, why would you do that and make the job so much harder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is it one of the quote unquote primordial mounds? This is the question. Is that an, is that something much older? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But it's level on the outsides. It's leveled to mm -hmm. within like some ridiculous yes. amount. They I mean, they yeah. flattened the plateau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Is like you you imagine you know the builders standing there and they're like, yes. Yeah, so let's just flatten all of that. Yeah. Cut off all the rock over there and take it over here and make tiles and fill in those holes with the rest of it. Right. And make it all flat. Right. And right, then we'll right. build some. But leave a little mound right there because we need to put a big pyramid right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a, uh, I did a podcast with um, Ralph Ellis, who um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the bent pyramid and the red pyramid. And he did this, this um, analysis of it back in the 90s. And it was like, basically, if you take the bent pyramid, and you take the top part of the bent pyramid, so the top half, like after the bend, yes. it's a perfect Pythagorean triangle. Mm. It's like a 20, 21, 29 Pythagorean triangle. And if you look at the red pyramid, that is also a 20, 21, 29 Pythagorean triangle. And if you extend the bent pyramid all the way out um, to where it would be if it wasn't bent, yeah, it's the exact same dimensions as the, um, um, the red pyramid. So that really? was that was pretty, that is interesting. That was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, I haven't released that one yet. It'll That's probably be cool. out before this comes out. But but he had he did some really incredible work on it in the '90s, and he's like, I don't know why nobody's talking about this. Yeah. Like it was this was like 30 years ago, and it's wow. Like, and it's like yeah, and um, so I mean, basically the reason for the audience that that that's so incredible is that um, Pythagoras wasn't he was like 500 BC or 450 yeah. BC, you know, yeah. and and we credit the Greeks for everything, but right. but the Egyptians were incredible, and they very likely had you know almost certainly had um, you know knowledge of um, of advanced geometry, absolutely. Yes. Thousand, a couple of thousand years at least before we give them credit for it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you see that in the pyramid, you see it in the, in the, in the vases potentially, you know, that, that, uh, you see a lot of that geometry. Now I know there was a, there was a pretty good debunking video coming out that debunked some of the mathematics and the vases actually mm. that, um, you know, so that part of that for me is, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, we got to do more, we got to do more research. We got to, yeah. you know, we got to really dive into that a bit more to figure out, you know, um, it seems way too coincidental to have all of that math, you know, with the, the radial transversal pattern and the, yeah. you know, the pi and phi, all over those things. Like, seems like too much of a coincidence to have all that stuff in there, you yeah. know, but, um, but either way, the Egyptians knew they were very, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt now they were, they, they had knowledge of advanced geometry, you know, yeah. at least at points in their history. And so, you know, for mainstream, academics and Egyptologists today just to completely ignore that and to credit the Greeks for, you know, the advent of, um, you know, uh, of essentially what we know about, um, you know, uh, of geometry today is kind of, that doesn't make much sense to me. And that, you know, and it's like one of those things that like, why, you know, it's one of those things that like for this podcast, like to talk about some of that stuff and to get it out there into the public more yeah. and to, you know, to be like, well, why are we, why do we learn this in school if the Egyptians were doing this stuff like thousands of years before, you know, it was supposedly invented by Pythagoras. Right. Who, who, 
coincidentally had just come back from a trip to Egypt. To Egypt, know, yeah. Where, <laughs> These you know, yeah. Greek thinkers went to Egypt right. to learn. Yeah. And they yeah. come back and they're like, hey, I got some new math. Yeah, yeah, and people yeah, are like, wow, yeah. you just invented that. That's amazing. <laughs> right. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, you're so smart. <laughs> yeah. We were also taught really about the this stuff you're talking about, the bent pyramid is great. And we were taught well, the bent pyramid was a mistake. Yeah, you know a, they didn't realize right. these morons back there that were building these periods, <laughs> pyramids that it was going to be too steep and it would collapse upon itself. So then they were like, "Oh, right, let's bend it." Yeah, right. yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, it's actually that pyramid is amazing. If you look at all the pyramids in Egypt, most of them are missing their casing stones. Uh-huh. Some of them have a few remnants of casing stones that were buried. Uh, a lot of the casing stones around the bases of some of them still remain because the quarrying of the casing stones piled up and buried the bottom casing stones. So they're still preserved. Mm -hmm. The bent pyramid has the most. Mm -hmm. And the reason, well, what we've been told, the reason for that is that they actually all are cut to tilt inward towards the body of the pyramid. So you can't just go in there and break one loose and slowly slide it out. You have to slide it uphill to get it out. Huh. Okay. And so you can tell that they did quarry a lot of the stones, the casing stones off that pyramid, but they just gave up. Uh-huh. It was too much work. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it has if <laughs> I'll back up here. Great pyramid. It has yeah. most of its casing stones and the still casing on it. Stones and they are enormous and beautiful. It's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. To uh, see it. it would have been such an look amazing at the line. Thing. I this is the, the reason that this picture is tilted is because I'm trying to get that edge line like look how that's crazy amazing it is and then you can see it's difficult with photographs but you can see that people are standing underneath but the casing stones are are sloped inward mm-hmm. like a little bit down towards the body of the towards pyramid. the body of the pyramid mm-hmm. Here, like see this this is you know this makes them very difficult to remove mm-hmm. uh and then there's this interesting look how they've been degrading here mm-hmm but there's Kyle looking up and taking a photo I mean, of the underside. I'm standing. I could be out of the rain if it ever rained. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> that thing, that those things are sticking way out. The casing yeah. stones are far more substantial than a lot of the core masonry. They're just they're very enormous. That's crazy. Yeah, beautifully done. And I mean, this is this is engineering and execution on just an amazing scale. Yeah. Uh, Look at that line. Wow. <laughs> And what's the angle there? Do is it like I yeah, I don't know. Oh Sorry. man, I used I, uh, here you go. This I took this. I'm standing dude. I took the picture standing on the it, they the archaeologists have dug down and found the corner of the sockle, the uh the bedrock platform that the pyramid was on. Yeah. So I'm standing right at the corner of where the corner casing stone would have been looking up at the corner. Wow. So that's not even the peak. That's yeah, that you're looking at the, the top is where it bends. That's, we're right, looking at the bend. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And what's interesting is you get in this pyramid and you climb all around. You go down the descending passageway. You get into it and you climb way up this scaffolding to get to the top of a big chamber and you get in some other tunnels. And all of that is happening far below the bend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in the top, all the way at the, up at the top, there's another shaft that goes out and goes up. And I climbed out that all the way up that thing. And it, I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. It was totally <laughs> legal. Shh, be quiet. Yeah. I climbed all the way up and looked out, and there's a little tiny square opening on the outside of this pyramid, and it's just below the edge of the bend. Wow. So all that climbing we did, and all the climbing I did up this shaft, and I'm still haven't gotten up into the yeah. top part of the pyramid yeah. yet. Yeah. So. This is the other thing about these structures, and even the Great Pyramid has this issue, is most of the stuff that's in them is actually below ground surface. Uh-huh. 
you know, and there's a few things up in the body of the pyramid, but most of the pyramid is, is, is a complete unknown mm -hmm. and just assumed to be nothing but core masonry, rough core masonry. Yeah. Even, yeah. you know, you'll hear, you'll hear or read these people like, well, they just would sort of, they'd put rough stones in there, fill it with sand. They didn't care. They're just trying to fill up space. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this look at the, how, you know, I just, it's, I find that hard to believe. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Any other thoughts on pyramids, um, you know, before we uh, move? Mm. I mean, any big, like, big big picture overview revelation for you guys? I mean, you've been there several times. You've, you've seen these things, but... I think that I was a lot more uh, into going into these specific ideas in the beginning that were not, you know, once you find out, well, it's not a tomb, or maybe, I, maybe it's not a tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really diving into these other ideas about what it might be was kind of, you know, I'd get hooked on that. But now I'm, after having been in so many, I have no idea what these things yeah. are. It's, yeah, I have yeah. become really, convinced that we have no freaking clue. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Our <laughs> mindset is so far off from whatever the mindset was that was setting out to do these building projects. I just, we, I can't fathom it. Yeah. I don't know what it is, especially yeah. after being inside. You just, Right. This doesn't make sense. For example, the um, the antechamber to the king's chamber mm -hmm. in the Great Pyramid is one of the most confusing rooms. Yeah. It is so strange. The granite, because by the time you're in there, the whole tunnel has turned to granite. Is the Grand Gallery or the, past the, the, top Grand, of the Gallery. Grand Gallery? Okay. And leading to the king's chamber. You're going okay. into the king's Got chamber. It. There's this tiny little antechamber. Yep. And the granite in there is, there's, round parts they call it wainscoting there's shelves up high there's nubs sticking out somewhere there's notches and just all this it's stuff like standing in, in a machine yeah. with pieces missing yeah. it is the strangest yeah. thing yeah. but it looks like it's intentional oh yeah oh, absolutely yeah. it's absolutely yeah. intentional it's yeah. and the other thing i would point out about the the king's chamber is that it's basically you know the boxes in the serapium yeah this is just a tunnel leading you into the inside of a box Mm -hmm. The king's chamber is. is a box. It's a mm -hmm. giant granite right. box. It's right. a multi-piece box with there, a box yeah. inside yeah. it. Right. Yeah. There, there's another one in the uh, underneath in the step pyramid. underneath the step pyramid, but you walk around the outside of it and you see, like, you recognize, you're like, oh, this is a miniature king's chamber. Mm -hmm. It's built with long, uh, narrow pieces of granite that they've sort of stacked up to make this multi-piece box. Mm -hmm. And it's a you know, it's the same kind of shape. And you're like, oh, yeah, if I was very small and inside this thing, it would be like being in the king's chamber. It's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the same. It's, it's so they're building a huge box yeah. and then putting a single piece box inside that. Right, right. Yeah, it's that's just crazy. wild. Uh, yeah. And the dimensions on the king's chamber, uh, again, I just learned this, that it was 10 by 20 royal cubits. Okay. Yeah, so 10, 10 by 20 royal cubits, which is like... Um, 52.4 centimeters is a royal cubit and you have seven hands in a cubit and you have four fingers in a hand huh. and so that tells you that if you do the math then every finger is 18.714 millimeters and what we're just finding now on the vases 
is that the red granite super precision vases were all made using that 18.714 oh. um, finger measurement. system. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, the old finger system. The old finger <laughs> That's system. That's a good one. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We later moved on to feet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Fingers are not precise. Enough. Right. We need yeah. feet. Right. right. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It's so it's really cool. Can yeah. you just tell me? Um, I mean, obviously, you've you've had a lot of time to to study these vases, and uh, I'm wondering. You say the precision red granite one. So you think that the precision level is connected to the stone type? I do. Yeah, yeah. It seems it seems very clear that the red granite are the most accurate um, of the vases. And so um, I started saying vases after I interviewed <laughs> Ralph Ellis last week. Like I've said vases vase. my whole life, but I think vase is so much more sophisticated. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, the red granite uh, ones are, and I think it's probably the same. You guys tell me, but from the the statues that you see, um, mm. like in. Uh, um, Oh God! What's that place that looks like Luxor? and Luxor. Luxor has some beautiful statues in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red granite ones. I know that they've they've done some super precise work in that as well. It's like Aswan granite, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the so Adam Young has that OG vase mm -hmm. that's that's made out of that Aswan granite, and then I have the two spinner vases and the one thin walled vase that's made out of the same material as Adam's OG vase. You see that precision in those very, very clearly. You see it in a handful of other ones, maybe not quite to the exact same level as you see in the red granite, but close actually in, uh, you know, maybe three or four other ones. But then after that, there's a drop off as it relates to precision. But, you know, then you kind of have to ask yourself, well, was this done on purpose? Like, were they going for a perfect circle? You know, because on a lot of them, underneath the handles it's a smaller diameter than it is front to back so if you think if you're saying the handles are left and right then that diameter from from the width of the thing is thinner on almost all of them than the front and back is so mm -hmm. so it's like well it wasn't turned on a lathe then you know unless it was a wobbly lathe um and uh and they weren't going for a circle if you consistently see the same thing you know like with with the, the symmetry being different um then you then and you consistently just another example you consistently see the handles being closer on one side than the other and all these debunker people People are saying like, oh, they didn't know what they were doing. They're not precise. You know, they're not yeah. accurate, hmm. like because the handles aren't completely um, opposite of each yeah. other. That's not what they were going for. Like, it's clearly not what they were going for because it's every one of the ones that I have have offset handles. Even the most precise ones have offset handles. So it's absolutely not what the makers of these things were going for to have them opposite each other. Wow. There's like a, an intentional deviation from like symmetry in that regard. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I have to admit as, as an artist, I mean, I've made some sculptures and stuff like that. Nothing amazing, but I used to, I love working with wood mm -hmm. and I love the sort of organic feel of the handmade sculpture, as opposed to like using, you know, saws and precision, getting these perfect cuts and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's cool, but it, there's something about that organic look of being hand carved. That's, that's, beautiful to me yeah so that could be an explanation but still i mean if 
it's hard to imagine making one of these things. I mean, I almost want to try it, except I don't. I may not have time. Yeah, left yeah, in right. my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't have eighty-five years left to make one of them. Yeah. I started too late. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 They would take an, a ridiculous amount of time to I make can't by even, hand. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. And some of them you just can't make by hand. I mean, some of them right. are just too precise to make by hand. It's just impossible. Like you couldn't, it doesn't matter how many lifetimes you have, you're not getting, because you wouldn't have had the instruments necessary to measure down to, you know, the fraction of a millimeter, you know, a hundredth yeah. of a, you know, four thousandths of an inch. You need instrumentation. You can't just eyeball that. You yeah. Know? You right. Can't just yeah. Like you, you can't just see that. That has to be, you know, so, um, yeah, some of them couldn't have been made by hand. So yeah, they're interesting. Uh, I saw the video that you guys did with with uh, Ben Van Kirkwick on them, and it was yeah. yeah, definitely good. You guys were talking about a couple of the ones in the other in the other room. Yes, on that episode, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was cool. This is uh, Kyle and I walking. We're underneath the this the step pyramid now, going oh, nice. to the place where most of these vases were found. Right, right. Uh, and oh, it's, cool. it's crazy. The tunnels you have to explore, uh, you know, and then, and then of course the parts where the vases actually were, and there's just, there's still thousands of fragments of them all over right. in the sand and the dirt or whatever. They won't let you, uh, record. So I don't have that okay. actual level, okay. but below this level we're in here, there's another level mm -hmm. and down in that level, when you're down there, mm -hmm. there's another level below that they haven't fully dug out yet. So you can't even go down in there yet. So we don't, we still don't even know. Right. Right. what's right. in these tunnels yeah. what what might and there's a couple of beautiful alabaster boxes down in there too they're you okay. know translucent they probably were not i don't know if they're precise they they look like they could have done been done by hand alabaster is soft like, but they're still like, gorgeous and somebody took the time to drag them down into these tunnels beneath this thing like boxes like serapium like boxes yes Serapium's they're small not that they're size. small not right and like okay. of course okay. i asked yusuf i was like well what were these for they're tiny and yeah. he was like well they'll tell you they were for children but uh, no one knows, uh -huh. you know, and uh -huh. there were no bodies in them as far as I know. These uh -huh. boxes are just sort of shoved into a tight tunnel. Yeah. There's two of them sitting there. Mm -hmm. But the place has been looted in antiquity and, I mean, you know, to the point where people stole most of the lapis tiles off of the off of the walls from the, you know, for the first parts of the tunnels that lead into the big chamber. Mm -hmm. uh, there were beautiful blue lapis lazuli tiles all over mm -hmm. and they were almost all gone. Okay. So everything was looted, um, which is interesting because the, you know, the vases were still down there, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's, see, this is, this is the other thing. You know, we talk about this a lot that we, when there's nothing found in the pyramid, they're like, well, it was looted in antiquity. I'm like, yes, but looters want gold. They want jewelry. They want precious stones. Yeah. They don't take body parts and grave, you know, like, uh, grave wrappings and, uh, They'll, if there's vases and containers, they break them to see what's inside them mm -hmm. and they leave the shards of the pottery mm -hmm. and take the contents if they want it. But a, 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 an actual tomb that's been looted is, is trashed. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's not clean. Right. It hasn't been cleaned out. Right. <laughs> so right. Yeah. when you go in some of these places and you're like, it's just empty. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I yeah. mean, obviously, people have been cleaning it out. Archaeology goes in there and cleans it out, but right. it's it's interesting because if they had found grave goods in, yeah. in the king's chamber, that they'd they would be on display. They're, they're, right. they're empty. Right. 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 Yeah. The other thing I was going to say about going under the step pyramid: there's a vase, a piece of one down there. I mean, that is it's so big it's hard to even roll it over to look at it. It's just a broken shard, mm -hmm. and you can see part of the lip and like maybe a chunk of lug handle but it's probably three or four inches thick wow 
And he's like, you know, trying to turn this thing over to see. I mean, it would have been very difficult to get that down there in yeah. the first place, whole. How big would it have been? I mean, I'm thinking probably like this big around, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But looked like one of those ones that you have, this sort of short mm-hmm. squat mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Granite, maybe? Or? Granite. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It was it like, a, is it the diorite? A, uh, what I think may be a preform. It's just a granite ball about this big. Okay. That's got somewhat of one area that's a little bit flattened. Huh. Like it looked like you're going to make a vase out of this. Uh-huh. Solid granite. Uh-huh. Um, just laying in there amongst the shards of other vases. And so I, that makes me question like the idea that the people that built the pyramid and dug the tunnels made the vases. Why would they take a preform down there? Right, right. And that is, I think, maybe a pretty good piece of evidence that these were collected by later people. Yeah. And so, like I collect arrowheads, when I'm walking through the woods and looking for arrowheads, and I find a preform piece of flint that somebody had, you know, they'd, they'd gotten the outer cortex off and they're going to work this, I keep that too. Mm-hmm. That's an artifact. Mm-hmm. So... um I, I that's what i'm thinking like they are they making vases down in these tunnels i doubt it yeah probably not i was thinking about that too but but i mean you you would you would think that you would find more than just one you know ball that, that was about to be a vase if they were if they were, if they were making, making them, there'd be a whole bunch of them getting ready right, right? yeah right, that's right. exactly because you know when you go to a, a manufacturing site say of of flint arrowheads projectile points and stuff you are going to find a lot of preforms there. yeah and you can see flakes everywhere they've got big chunks of flint and you know depending on what type of stone they're making arrowheads out of in our area it's flint um there's big chunks of it and you can see like a big flake taken off of this big chunk Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of those they collected them they don't they are not naturally occurring right there in the ground Mm -hmm. they may be up on the ridge on the hill Mm -hmm. a mile away or wherever yeah um, but they definitely collected them there. So you would find a lot of preforms. Yeah. Um, so that would be an interesting, uh, thing to look for in Egypt. If you were, yeah. you know, inclined to yeah. maybe look for new discoveries is find a place where there's a bunch of giant granite balls. Right. Right. They were right. making these vases. Out Pounding of. stones. Pounding stones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there are a bunch of these diorite balls in the, yeah. uh, in, in the quarry. The dol- dolerite. Is that what those dolerite? are? Dolerite. Okay, yeah. yeah. Terrible. It's, so, so the oh, the story is that that uh, Dozier buried himself that uh, uh, at the step pyramid, and he that he collected all of these stone vases from all over Egypt, and that forty thousand of them or so, I guess, is the number that people always mm-hmm. mention, right? But thirty thousand, fifty thousand, whatever it was, but but that he buried himself with all of these stone vases and um, and that you don't really see them after that. I mean, I've heard conflicting stories about all of this whole, you know, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. I don't know that anybody really has, like, this is another one of those things that, like, I don't yeah. know that we really have, like, the full picture of exactly what happened and, you know, were there, were they still being made after he buried himself with them, you know, in Egypt or did the production of them stop? after he collected all of them because clearly if the production of them stopped after he was buried you know in at the step pyramid of saqqara 
that would argue for, okay, these are obviously um, inherited because the Egyptian people didn't have the, um, the capability to work in, you know, I mean, that, that it, would, it would make the argument that much more credible on the side of that these are significantly ancient from a prior civilization if, yeah. if you stop seeing them being created after Dozier's time. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. But 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 I don't know. My my understanding of that story is not, um, you know, it's not complete, I guess. So I was just curious what what you guys thought about that. I think you're right that no one's understanding of that yeah. story is complete because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's very it is conflicting. And you go to, you know, we go to museums and you 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 see vases with younger dates and that they, they were making them this way. And then, you know, you're also told, well, they stopped making them at the, after this point or is it that the difficult stone ones were stopped being, you know, they, those were the ones that no one made after that. And after that, it was easier, but you also see, and I know you've, you've probably seen Ben talk about this, where they've got this beautiful stone vase and right next to it is a piece of pottery mm -hmm. with markings on it mm -hmm. to try to make yeah. it look similar. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder like, are they, this is the same people making this, you yeah. know, it's the same time. Now that isn't, that's not completely out of the question. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can right now you can go and buy a very expensive, beautiful, uh, you know, uh, lathed vase. And you can also go buy a cheap pottery one from Walmart or mm -hmm. whatever. And mm -hmm. the same culture made it r roughly at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Why did Joser decide that he needed 40,000 right. bases down there? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. the next question yeah. where he's like, I want another set of tunnels below this one. Yeah. And you need to fill it with all the bases. Right. 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 All of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, I, <laughs> right, right. I just, I, I would love to have 40,000 arrowheads. You know, I'm a collector. I go and Maybe look for them, these artifacts. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the way I think of it. Yeah. Uh, but if you demand to be buried with your arrowheads, I'm going to be like, no, I'm, th those are mine. <laughs> Yeah. And then yeah. You, those are going to belong to your son. You don't get to just take them back into the ground with you. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good that he did because we might not have them today. You That's know? true. If, if yeah. they weren't underground for 5,000 years, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, they might be all in pieces all over the world, you know, right now. That's so, true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, all of the, for the certificates of authenticity for the ones that I have, they do all say, you know, they're, they're all basically 20, 2700 BC or before, you know, you don't see any of them that come after that time period, you yeah. know, so, which does, I mean, it does argue that, okay, they weren't, they weren't really made, you know, that, yeah. that, that Ben's, you know, theory on that is, is the right one that they weren't really made after that period. And, yeah. You know, I'm not like, I'm not just buying the old ones. Like I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on it as this in 2023. That was my mission, man. You know, yeah. get, get, it, get my hands on as many of these things as possible. So I'm going to spend 2024 trying to learn as much as possible about them and, you know, get some information out there and try to find similarities. You were looking at the resonance earlier. Yes. That was super, super cool. We got to talk about that a little bit, but, but, uh, well, yeah, for example, we went to, is it, is it where is the um I'm, it's slipping my mind the place where the labyrinth is supposed to be is that hawara oh man don't ask me about name i'm terrible okay, with these all right. names well the, <laughs> yeah i just anyway it slipped my mind but we went to this place where the, where the labyrinth is supposed to be the the underground labyrinth and there you know there is a pyramid structure there it's mud brick but it in it's got a core of giant limestone blocks that are kind of sticking out of the mud bricks that have been melting mm -hmm. um and then the canal goes right through and Walking around this pyramid to look at it and the canal and sort of thinking about uh, the possibility that we're standing on top of this legendary uh, labyrinth, um, 
you're walking, you're crunching around on piles and piles and piles of pot shards, yeah. you know, and there's just millions of them. Yeah. How many of them may be little stone fragments instead of pottery fragments? Mm-hmm. You would have mm-hmm. to go through them one by one to find out. Mm-hmm. But somebody has just piled them all up there. And there's, I mean, it's like a whole acre of yeah. piles of pottery shards. Who That's knows crazy. if there's pieces of stone vases in there. Right, right. You know, I mean, I just, have you heard this idea? I mean, Ben has talked about it a little bit, that there there may have been a, a underground labyrinth. Okay. I and Petrie, yeah, yeah, so Petrie went to look for it and he found a, he dug down in this area and he found a, uh, like basically a stone slab yeah. or a series of stone slabs, like big tiles. And he thought, well, it's gone. This is the, this was the foundation. Mm-hmm. But other people later think, no, he was standing on the roof because it's underground. Mm-hmm. And that was the roof part. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Hawara. Yeah, Hawara. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then people went and did, more recently, they went and did a scanning project out here. They, they you know, they p- took a GPR back and forth mm-hmm. over this area. And they got very interesting readings that imply that there is, uh, you know, voids under the ground here. And, and they had dug canals nearby. And full water, and yeah. they and they ran into some giant chunks of you know oh, granite yeah, columns blocks. and stuff. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you crazy. read, you know, the um, was it Herodotus that said he went there, or I think it might have been Herodotus, but any, you know, it's one of the guys who was a, wrote a bunch of history where people are like, well, I believe him here because he says what I already thought was true, but I don't believe him here because he's telling me stuff I don't believe is true. Uh-huh. It's yeah. one of those guys where he's yeah. the, he is the source for the reason this happened until he isn't. <laughs> right. And that's right. whenever he's saying something that doesn't agree with already established history. But anyway, he talked about the, the labyrinth and that when you were taken into uh, taken into it, you had to have a guide because it was there were so many rooms connected by all these different hallways and filled with with um, with treasure and with the treasure of knowledge mm-hmm. books. It was like a big library and that he wasn't allowed to go to the second level down because that's where the he said something about the. Um, the ancient kings were buried there, is what he said. The crocodile kings, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah, okay. <laughs> crocodile kings. <laughs> right, right. You know, and you start thinking, well, who who are the crocodile yeah, kings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, you could understand if below the the you know the the level below had a bunch of like ancestral burials that maybe they would say, well, you can't go down here. But up above that is a library, basically. Mm-hmm. But you need a guide because mm-hmm. it's it's very confusing. Okay. I've been in libraries that are like that. You yeah. can get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fascinating idea. Yeah, for sure. And walking around on the surface where it's supposed to be is piles and piles of pottery shards. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, yep, the labyrinth thing, right the yeah, the the underground tunnel thing. I mean, people will probably listen and being like, you know, if that was there, we'd we'd probably know about it. But it's like, I mean, would we? You know, it's like like the 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 underground tunnels in uh Turkey, you know, that oh that yeah, Darren Q. Yeah, Darren yeah. Q. Yeah. That, that whole like, area. Yeah. Like that was just found what, like twenty years ago or something. I mean, yeah, they're still finding more. They keep finding them. It's yeah, right. all and it's the same story. Some guy near the town was digging yep. adding to his basement by yep. expanding it and breaks into a tunnel. And right, then right. there's an entire city that no one knew was down there. Right. And it goes down 12 levels and connects to the other ones by a big yeah. roadway. Yeah. Tunnel yeah. goes underneath yeah. for yeah. miles and connects like to an connected to aquifers yeah. underground. And it's like, yeah, people it's like 20,000 people could live in this yes. city. And yes. it's like just because some some random guy just dug a hole in his basement and just right. like, you know, found this. And it's like we have no idea. Like and we always yeah. it's again, it goes back to that conversation. We think we're at the pinnacle of knowing everything. And, right. and you know, something like that happens and we discover that, uh, yeah, we really don't. 
don't know much. I'm so jealous of these guys, you know? And whenever I read stories like that and the guy's like, wait, you were digging in your basement and you found a giant underground city? A yeah. lost yeah. city? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I want to be that guy. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. But the other thing that brings up is, you know, and like this may slightly tie into the UFO topic or these ideas is that how many of those could be out there that are occupied? Yeah, it could be. You know, yeah. and you just don't know. Like you, you could live right on top of them, and there could yeah. be a whole underground city, and people live down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe somebody would find out because we got seismic sensors, and people would be like, "What is all this noise?" Yeah coming from this area over here that seems to be you know around a mile underground oh, don't worry about that it's just, just natural processes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's yeah. a run there's a river there underground or something right right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so so in terms of some of that underground stuff like do you guys have thoughts on like winds i mean that that's the thing for some of those underground cities is like and you find them again egypt you find them turkey yeah. you know like kind of well in a lot of places around the world um is like when were they made and why yeah and so I, I i think back to for me like i go back to younger dryas with mm -hmm. like you know with like um a, a time where there was so much change above ground and we don't know what the living conditions would have been like above ground you know like what what could have killed off you know 70 percent of the megafauna all over the world you yeah know? like what what type of an environment if it was a meteor you know if the sun was blocked out if the if the plant life all died if the radiation was you know extreme if any of those things happened you're going to want to dig underground like you're yes. going to want yeah. to live underground and you're going to want to be in you know you would you would have whatever city that you had above ground whatever group of people if you survived that would be the people that dug underground and you know you think about a city with twenty thousand people living underground all of a sudden like yeah. like that makes sense you know and like you're gonna dig until you find water and you're gonna mm -hmm. create all these rooms and these you know these bedrooms for people to sleep in and live in until the until the uh, the earth above the ground got back to something that was livable where you could go outside and hunt for food and you know plant you know uh, whatever you need crops. To to, you know, or, yeah. you know, to, to live off of. And How were they seeing down there? This is always thing. It yeah, just yeah. gets me. Yeah. It's like you got these <laughs> yeah. tiny tunnel systems going all around way down there. Are they burning torches? Right. Right. And then like, that's eating up the oxygen. Like this is, yeah. This I know they had vents and stuff that went to the surface, but still, yeah. Yeah. It's just wild to me to, to think how, how you would live down there. Yeah. Um, but I, I do the same thing that, basically what you're saying is like when it's, i hear that there's a gigantic underground city i think this is a bunker in an attempt by a civilization to survive right something. exactly right and and so when when they say oh when when the mainstream you know when the story is always oh it's about five thousand years old you know it's about yeah. four thousand years old it's the date they put on everything everything, <laughs> everything. when they like, don't know that's how you can tell right because there was no, because we were hunter gatherers before that you yeah know, we yeah. couldn't have built this before that well now you know obviously the definition for hunter gatherers changed with yes. Tepe. Yep. thank you thank goodness it's about time you know but <laughs> but it's like but it's like okay so do we need to go back and look at some of this other stuff some of these ancient cities some yes. of these underground mm -hmm. cities you know and really like think about okay well if they were making gobekli tepe back then potentially making the sphinx back then you know obviously we could have making the vases dug, dug back then could have been making the bases back yeah. then yeah for sure yeah um so so yeah that kind of you know everything i graham hancock's shirt on joe rogan when he came <laughs> yeah. out, you know, everything keeps getting older yeah, yeah. Know, stuff just like, keeps on getting older stuff yeah. just keeps getting older it really does so <laughs> yeah i was just curious your guys thoughts on the the underground cities there's um 
Well, okay, hold on. One thing I like to say about this kind of stuff is, you know, because you were talking about like this is how you get away, but like there's two, there's two interesting points about this. Number one, in the in the stories of the destruction, people are getting forewarned. There's always a, you know, there's plenty of destruction stories, flood, whatever. Um, but there's always this hint of like somebody is telling them like this is about to happen mm-hmm. and you need to prepare. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always two things. It's either you need to get away, you, uh, float or climb above the water, mm-hmm. or you need to go underground to survive the cold or the fire, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you know which one to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like you know these people in anatolia the cappadocia area where darren q is and all that they off they clearly went underground yep you don't want to do that if there's going to be a flood right 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 that's what you do when it's when the when the surface is going to be too hot or too cold or something like that but if there's going to be a ton of water digging a bunch of tunnels underground is a bad yeah, idea you're not want to be underground yeah. yeah uh so it's it's really and you and then you don't want to build a boat if you're about to get fire on the surface, right? right? Your boat's right. just going to burn and you're going to die. So right. it's, it's interesting that there, there's a hint of forewarning and then also the forewarning knows what, which you know. one to do. Because yeah. like in the Zoroastrian tradition, That's what the, I was gonna the bring Zendavesta up. is telling, he's telling the, the, you know, them to Ahura Mazda, the God, the one that they show in the, with the winged disc, he's standing in it. You, have you seen these? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah. Ahura Mazda. He's basically saying, Build a vara. A vara is an underground, uh, like a bunker, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to, he's like, you're going to pick people very carefully to bring down in there. You're going to pick animals very carefully. You don't want them to have any disfigurements because you have to stay down there a long time. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of rules about how to deal with dead bodies yeah. and all of this stuff to, to remain healthy and not poison the water and all that. It's, uh-huh. it's like, it's all into this, this text, this yeah. very ancient text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. See, he's yeah. got the winged. Right. He's usually shown standing in a wing disc with uh, with feet on it. It's very interesting depictions. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and then he's telling, was it Yima? Fair Yima. Yeah. <laughs> Build a vara to save our people, right? And then there's this hint that he's giving him a little bit of technology, like don't worry about lighting the place. I'll give you a, yes. a special window or something that, that will get, okay. provide light. And it's just, okay. I don't know, yep. you know, but it, this is the idea is like, are these varas? Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're looking at? Right. You know, right. and they they may have been built in a hurry. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like with the flood, also, you know, you, the traditional, the like the Utnapishtim or Noah story, you don't have a lot of time. Like, mm-hmm. don't go cut trees. Like, tear your house down mm-hmm. to build this boat. You you need to be in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you need to, you know, provide it with all that you need to have enough animals. And it's like, what, what kind of animals does he bring? You can't bring everything on the boat, but maybe it was the, maybe what he needed was the seeds for agriculture. So Mm -hmm. what you're looking at is cows, you know, goats, sheep, the stuff that humans use. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to let, let the rest of the animals take (laughs) care of themselves or not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You know, it's just, I love the, these, these hints of the, in the myths that cataclysms have taken place humans have managed to survive them and somebody was warning them that they were about to happen yeah yeah and i you know the idea of the person warning them also could be the learned people like you know if you we know they were doing astronomy Mm -hmm. they're all watching this stuff they're they're looking out and wondering what's going on out there Mm -hmm. just like we are um and so yeah some people being technologically advanced uh, in that regard may may have had forewarning of something coming yeah uh and 
gone and warned other societies that may maybe didn't have that type of technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, we're, Russ is more into, knows a lot more about the UFO stuff than I do, but I'm, I think we don't need that to explain what's going on we, in yeah, terms of like building mm -hmm. pyramids or, you know, digging all this stuff. Like right. we have side by side, the coexistence of vastly different development levels. We mm -hmm. have it now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, you know, and you can, you can imagine if there's a destruction that some people that might survive from the, the high technology civilization might flee to the low technology one. Cause those people know how to live in. They can survive. Yeah. 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 And then some of the people that, show up there may may like integrate they'll be more of vita coach style you mm -hmm. know where they're like well here's i'll give you gifts of some of the things that i know that might help you out um yep. but meanwhile you can help me stay alive mm -hmm. and then other places they might try to be the you know a tyranny you know a tyrannical king because they're like i have technology i have a gun whatever right, right. you can't stop me i'm powerful yeah so <laughs> is that what happened yeah you know or are these we call them lowercase g gods Right, because that's what you see throughout the the myths. It's like they're gods, but it's. I don't think they're talking about a person who was supposed to have created the whole universe. This mm -hmm. is something else, right? So the lowercase g gods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's funny. And are you a good lowercase g god or a bad lowercase <laughs> right. g god? Right. 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 <laughs> so you guys did some amazing work on um, on Gobekli Tepe, and so for people that don't know. Um, you know, the Gobekli Tepe site is now dated to, what, 11,600 years old? The, the carbon dating from the material between the stones, is that is that about right? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the exact dates on that, but they did get a lot. They get date ranges. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we that doesn't find the accuracy. Of that, that doesn't but. that doesn't mean that that's how old it is. That means that's really the minimum date for when those rocks were yes. added. You know, the the T pillars themselves could be much older. older than yeah. that. Yeah, we know the T pillars were there before the rock walls because the rock walls literally butt up against the T pillars. Okay, right, and right, in some right. case surround them on three sides. So you don't build that rock wall and then try to shove your T pillar in there. Right. Yeah, so Gobekli Tepe, for those people that don't know on the show, do you guys want to, maybe you guys want to explain what it is and then kind of give your, your thoughts on, I mean, it, it basically, it backed up the whole um, humans were hunter-gatherers prior to 6,000 years ago. You know, we, we, we essentially just redefined what it meant, what it means to be a hunter-gatherer. Exactly. Said, you know, yes. Well, because there were no ancient, there, there was no ancient structures that are, you know, this sophisticated that had ever been found. We were just hunter-gatherers and there's nothing that's 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 older than this and that's why the pyramids are 4500 years old mm -hmm. and that's why everything is 4500 you know because because we weren't civilized prior to that but then this gobekli tepe changes that obviously right and, you know and it, it is civilization i mean it is you know it would take a very sophisticated group of people working on this this site to to create this thing you're talking what 20 ton uh yeah pillars, 20 so 40,000 pound stones with with carvings on them that are i'll let you i'll let you guys kind of <laughs> kick this one off but this one i think is one of the more interesting things that's being excavated and just yes. discovered out there right now and gobekli tepe is not the only site like this is right. one site right. of yeah. many many sites in in that area right um that are that are just like it it may be 
12, 10 or 12. It may be as many as 40. We've yeah. heard multiple different things. Karahan Tepe is another one. That they, that's yeah, another one they're, they're doing a lot of work on And right they now. know that one already. They already have older dates for that one. Yeah, so okay. 500 okay. years older. Okay. So, the, so it's kind of confusing when you get into the dating of this site. It's really hard to... Um, to, to give a, a short synopsis of how they ar arrived at these dates. But uh, they can't date the stone directly. Right. I mean, they can, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't really provide the proper, the type of dating we need for archaeology. Uh, and, and it doesn't tell you when it was moved or when it was erected. Now, they have one method where they can, they can date this sort of... Um, deposits that happen on limestone after limestone is buried in dirt or soil. Okay. The, you bury a piece of limestone and deposits start to build up on the stone. And then you can date that fairly process. roughly. Yeah. yeah. You can date that process of growth of this deposit. Um, however, that didn't really supply adequate dates because all that would tell you if you could get it very accurate is when it was buried. Mm-hmm. Right, but it could have been buried, uncovered, and then buried again. So mm -hmm. it doesn't really give you an age. Um, so they were not able to direct directly date the architecture. What they could date, uh, in a roundabout way, was the lithic styles, the the types of stone points that were being made, and they had already had established dates for those. Which is immediately when the archaeologists found those at the bottom layers, they were like, "Okay, this is like twelve thousand years old," because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there's a date range for those types of points. Um, now they needed to back that up with carbon dating or some type of actual scientific dating that wasn't relative dating. Cause this is sort of relative to the points that we find. We can say the site is this old. Um, they, they got some carbon dates from some loam and stuff that was in the mortar at the very bottom of some of the rock walls. And that kind of backed up the already assumed date based on the lithics because it was basically the same time mm -hmm. uh so it's at least you can say that people were there occupying the site after it was constructed around twelve thousand years ago mm -hmm. so it doesn't tell you and, and that may tell you the age of the rock walls that were built but mm -hmm. not the megalithic architecture not because the rock walls are clearly added after the the uh, bedrock was flattened and the pillars were stood up, okay. So I, and again, it's like we're going to learn more. I could be wrong about some. It I assume that these rock walls are not part of the original design of the building. Yeah, okay. Um, and I could be wrong about that. There may be more um, that more evidence that comes out that shows that. Well, no, this is actually. A part of the design, which was to stand up a bunch of megalithic stones and then build these rudimentary rock walls between them and cover up the carvings you just made on the megaliths. It just, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to make sense as a building design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you look here, you can see some of the pillars are embedded in these rough cobble rock walls. Right. And some of these smaller pillars have beautiful artwork on them and the rock walls completely cover it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't really make sense uh, unless somebody came along later and was trying to sort of restore the site. Yeah. Now, the thing that that happened, and it's it's understandable that this happens with the archaeology, uh, when they were trying to get dates and they're trying to figure out uh, how old this site was, they look at things like 
the stratigraphy of the dirt that they're digging out, right? Well, they notice that the stratigraphy or the infill inside these enclosures is inverted in some cases. It's mixed up because they, and again, they're, they can tell by, based on the types of arrowheads because they have already pre-established that from all over the place. All the sites that they found where they're finding arrowheads, they have carbon dates that roughly put these styles of arrowheads at certain time periods. So when they're going through the infill, they're seeing these layers are inverted. So it looks like people were throwing that material in. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, I think, with some other factors, led to the idea that this place was intentionally buried. Right. And now I think that the... Um, the evidence, as well as the narrative in the scientific community, is starting to shift away from that. Right. And they're going to be saying pretty soon that, like, no, these were not intentionally buried, that these were actually collapses of material into the enclosures. Uh huh. I can't wait till they say that this was a flood. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, now, that's a... another. It, <laughs> yes. So, this, this site, uh, Gobekli Tepe, is at the highest, one of the highest. Points on top of a hill, yeah. Of yeah, no doubt. This sort of, I mean, we call it a mountain range, but really, it's limestone hills that have been eroded away. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, this is one of the highest mountains there, but rain mm -hmm. could definitely cause these collapses. I mean, it's it it's the happening. Torrential rain They're trying to prevent yeah. it from happening. They got sandbags piled up everywhere. They're trying to keep uh, the the midden from collapsing into these enclosures. And you can tell the guys are out there cleaning it because. When they get hard rain, it definitely comes in. Yeah. And they they know from the excavations that there were multiple stages of burial. Okay. So the thing that bothers me about the narrative is that it's kind of made out to be like, these people built this thing, and then when they were done using it, they're like, now let's bury it. Mm -hmm. That's definitely not what happened. Right. And it, they were uh, buried over a period of thousands of years. And I think by natural processes. Now you could do it by natural processes here. Then. You can with, also with show it's it's not just like a cut and dry thing. Like that that uh, let's say that there was an infill of a few feet of sediment from a flood yeah. that went in and now covered the bottom couple of feet of the pillars. Well, people would come back; they'd still occupy the site, and they start depositing their debitage and everything from being there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then another one happens, and more stuff collapses in. Mm -hmm. And so they slowly fill up over time. Well, the, the really interesting thing to me about the place is that they're finding that other ancient people came and excavated them also. Oh, okay. They dug down in these enclosures. And now there's there's at least two sites where this is obvious. One is uh, Enclosure C, where uh, it is said in the papers that that someone roughly six to 8,000 years ago came and dug, intentionally dug pits directly down to the central, the two central pillars in enclosure C and destroyed them. Wow. Hmm. So it was like, I, I don't know, this just gets my brain going. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Like, did they, yeah. did they hear in their own legends that there was this place of power and it was like, ah, go up on the hill and dig it up, right. dig up the magical circle and destroy it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. In, in uh, the cat enclosure, which we have never been into, There's I don't think bags. it's open to the public yet, but yeah. the cat enclosure, I can't remember what enclosure H. letter it is, H maybe, um, they found evidence that a ramp was 
preserved in the sediment. So somebody had excavated that themselves, a ramp on which to walk down to get down into the inside of it. Okay. Uh, And those, I think those central pillars were also destroyed. Uh Now, were they destroyed because they just fell over because they dug it up? That could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but the way it's described in the papers is that they were intentionally destroyed. You have multiple events, multiple things happening at this site, and thousands of years of occupation Mm -hmm. by people. And uh, so it's just, it's, there's going to be a lot more that we have to learn. Yeah, for sure. So many more to dig up. So, yeah, that's why it's so tough to look at all of these sites because, again, it's for all of them, it's thousands of years of occupation, you know, and thousands of years of reuse. And it's like, even like what we're, the land we're living on today, you know, it's like, um, it's been lived on before. Like, we're we're not the first people. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and the other crazy thing about this, obviously, for people that might not know, is that the the way that the pillars were carved was like a um, – it, it wasn't as if these animals and all these things on these pillars were carved into the pillars. Yeah. They actually removed the stone from the outside to create the carve to create yes. the pictures that you see, which is crazy. Yeah, it's like a raised relief, and in some cases high relief. Um, but yeah, they're removing the material around what they want to show you as opposed to cutting the right. image in. Way more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And mastery of stonework. And the, the other thing that's kind of part of that is that, you know, the, the people at the quarry need to know that you want, they, they need to know how much excess stone to leave on there so that you can carve something. There's this one carving of a cat or some, what do, what do they think it is? It's like a... I do. I thought it was a cat. Okay. Is it not a cat? It's literally sticking off of the edge of the pillar by like, a, I don't know, a foot yeah, or something. I've seen that thing. Yeah. And so yeah. the guy in the quarry that was cutting it there had it to know to yeah. leave this big chunk there for the artist. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Now that piece crazy. is just that piece. Yeah. Is that's amazing. a, it's a piece of sculpture stuck to the side of the. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Crazy. Yeah. And where do these stones come from? Do, you, do we know? These are, they're also made of limestone and they come from nearby. Okay. Uh, they know where. Uh, there's at least some stones still left in the quarry okay. where they were cutting them out. Okay. And in Carahan Tepe, you, there's one on the backside of the hill. Carahan is also, it's kind of, Carahan is sort of on a hill, but also goes through a saddle between two hills. Mm-hmm. And then on the backside of this one hill, there's a humongous T-pillar, like half cut out okay. of the yeah. rock still okay. left. We got there. to walk around it. And there is, there's supposedly a, uh, a quarry for Gobekli Tepe itself near the site, but we couldn't, we couldn't get in there last time we were there. We're going to try. Gotcha. We'd love to get into the, some of the quarries yeah. and look, but. Mm-hmm. And they say that they, they did all this stone cutting with Flint. Okay. Okay. The Flint. Uh, flint chisels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which the guy, the guy I mean, that we worked with, you could, with you could. But yeah, you, you could. can do yeah. it. It's harder with granite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the you know the question goes back to like who who built it and why and right. So that uh, you know I wanted to say on you guys were talking about the flooding and filling it in and everything and you have to remember that um, somebody first came <laughs> along to this hill and they cut down they they sort of cleared down to the bedrock and then flattened out these circles mm-hmm. made these rock cut platforms leaving the little pedestals that the central pillars are in Mm -hmm. so that was the first thing they did Mm -hmm. and then there would be because it's close to the top of the hill the only reason there was was stuff to fall in is because there's this enormous midden mound around the entire site right and i mean it's a huge 
mound. Like it's that's incredible. The, it's yeah, just I can show mind blowing in the beginning how of the, big this midden is. The video we have here, it's uh, it's looking at the midden uh, around this. This well here, this this actually shot. This is showing you a uh, this right here is a platform that doesn't have any pillars in it. Right. Mm. This would have been one of the pedestals. This would have been like an enclosure. Yeah. This would have been one of the enclosures. It's just empty and it kind of sits out by itself off away from the main site. Mm -hmm. But then you see all these sort of strange cut marks in the rock here. Right. Two drills. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> tube drilling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's these two big holes that, you know, are full of water when we were there. And it's like, were these intentional as well? Like, are they making water sources, little pools? Uh huh. Um, there were some holes like that at Carahan too. Yes, there are at Carahan. Let's see if we can move forward here and look at. Oops, let me skip that. I just want to show you the walking up to the um, to the main midden mound. Here it is. So this entire hill on the left here is the midden. Okay. And I mean, it goes all the way out into the back. You know, it's it's so huge that Carahan is. Uh, is awesome as well when you're looking at the because you can climb when you get up to the top of the hill you can look down and you just seeing it spilling all down and you can see t pillars just sticking out yeah uh -huh. of the tops of this uh -huh. in these circular patterns all down there that's crazy uh, and it's also this it's really interesting how i've looked at our footage from this trip and then most of the photographs and footage from any other time and it in all of those other pictures they it looks like a desert yeah. and but because we got there right after this enormous flood everything was green and there was flowers on <laughs> okay. everything uh -huh. so it, it it completely does not normally look like that's this. cool though uh yeah this is a it's, it also made it stand out it did uh, make it stand it out. made the midden pile stand out because there's a lot of nutrients in that midden okay uh it has a lot more soil look at the uh, the hill across the way it's just bare bedrock sticking out yeah so there's not very much grass and then this this hill is just this lush green color. And so how much of it is excavated currently? It's like 5% or something of, of, the... I, yeah, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's not very much. Yeah, yeah. It's not much. Yeah. And the, um, like, what is it? Is it pillar 43? That's the super interesting one. Pillar the... 43 has the vulture. It's the vulture. It's the vulture. Stone. Stone. Yeah. 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 What do you guys make of that? Uh, I like, um, Sweatman's Martin Sweatman's Martin Sweatman's stuff on it. Yeah. yeah. Analysis of it. I mean, I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I don't, this is kind of what another thing about us is we, it's like, we don't know right. what it, it's so hard to look at the, I mean, I'm looking at that animal that's carved on the side of the pillar and I'm like, Oh, it's a cat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so I don't know what to make of it, but I, I have the sense that this is that, that it does have meaning. Yeah. That's really all I can say about it. I right. believe that it has meaning and it meant something to the people that made it. Right. And they had some kind of logical progression that would say, well, well, this pillar needs to have this on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's the significance as to why. But I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know that I'll ever find out what mm -hmm. that was. Yeah. So you can see this. This is, you know, this is standard what, what this mound is made of. Piles of rubble. But it's, it's obviously artificial. In other words, humans occupied this area. So lots of the stones are close to the same size. It's midden mound mm -hmm. with some cobblestone walls mixed in. Mm -hmm. So they they used was to say the was that midden there before the 
the the main megalithic constructions were were made in other words did they dig down through that to make it or was that did that build up afterwards mm -hmm. that's the main it question. has to be i i just can't imagine it it's got to be after yeah you know the the those people that are associated with the lithics uh are at the same time as the mortar at the bottom of the walls so it's like and they would be building the walls because they're trying to they're they're standing up these stones this right. is the, the thing idea. that makes it complicated is yeah. that that because you can only get it must be at minimum this old. Mm -hmm. You can't actually get the age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's um, yeah. It's a crazy sight. And crazy you know sight. the other and thing is we didn't get to go to the museums. We didn't get to see um, all of the amazing artifacts that they they brought out of the site okay. you know, because of the flooding. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing that, but I, I'm sure we're going to learn so much more in the next few years. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The stuff yeah. that's going to be coming out of Carahan. And, um, I just, I think it's important to, to kind of that the record needs to be corrected because it's this idea of intentional burial kind of puts the idea into people's heads that, that it was some kind of ceremonial, like we're going to bury this as a time capsule. We're ceremonial. sending a message to the future. <laughs> Everything's ceremonial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Go, yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. We make that joke all the time. It was yeah. a temple and yeah. it was for ceremony. It was right. for ceremonies. Right. That's yeah. it. That's all you need to know. Because yeah. <laughs> nothing that the ancient people did was logical. Right. 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 Yeah. Nothing had a function. It was all just ceremony. <laughs> ceremony religion. Yeah. Right. The moon, the hollow moon thing outside. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> so there's, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of anomalies on the moon. I, you know, I'm sure you know if you're, if you're, you know, interested in that idea, the transient lunar phenomena. So, but, but there's this picture of the moon that it's like, it's this four billion year old steady state artifact mm -hmm. you know that it you know maybe it occasionally gets a new crater but mm -hmm. it it all the all the craters that are on it are very ancient and it never changes it doesn't have an atmosphere it has no weather right so mm -hmm. it's like this uh time capsule mm -hmm. but then you have tlp the transient lunar phenomena okay. that people have been seeing and there's a there's some pretty good collections of these that you know where astronomers since the 1500s and you know just all the way back to galileo have been seeing stuff on them like little lights mm -hmm. strange moving clouds now you have to a lot of times you have to understand like what were they looking what what lenses were they using what you know what was their telescope like was there anything in the atmosphere between them and the moon all this kind of stuff but a lot of times it's just like nope somebody was seeing something strange or craters themselves seem to not always be the same mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh and then there's uh, shadows that move across it, like all yeah. this stuff is collected in these in this TLP like archive. Um, yeah. In other words, like stuff that is not. In other words, that where the moon isn't just a static object that never changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, shadows moving across, uh, things di appearing and disappearing, yeah. lights, little yeah. glowing clouds. Right, you know, right. Uh, indications of activity. It doesn't have to be aliens or whatever it could yeah. be internal geological processes doing stuff like you know something under a crater could be outgassing mm -hmm. and it leaves this sort of cloud over the crater that has to dissipate into the vacuum mm -hmm. or maybe it crystallizes onto the edge of the crater and leaves a sort of splash mark and then people see that for a while before it completely sublimates away yeah yeah um 
Yeah, what are some of the strangest things about the moon? I mean, that, that make us question, like, what's going on here? Like, I mean, so the craters are all basically the, the same depth, right? So yeah, no, well, ma no matter how big an object is that yeah. comes smashing into the moon and, you know... It or, doesn't or get deep small, enough. It doesn't get deeper. It doesn't get <laughs> yeah. deeper than, you know, uh, you know whatever the, the, the maximum crater. It, they're it's all like three kilometers or something like that. Yeah, they're all three kilometers. They're all basically the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is odd. And then the front face versus the back backside are yeah. so drastically different in aspect you know and so you like the the front has a, is a very like everyone recognizes it it's sort of iconic mm -hmm. it has these huge you know the the seas these dark areas mm -hmm. that are like lava flows okay and it's you know it's like what okay what caused that a mm -hmm. long time ago and then they froze that way but then the backside is very mountainous okay. you know it looks very different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then yeah the craters uh, some of the experiments they did, like you, we were mentioning earlier in the break, like that it rang for a long time, right. like a bell. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah. what explains that? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was ringing. And when did we measure that? In like the seventies or something? Or yeah. They, I think, didn't they, they um, dropped something on it. Yeah. They, they dropped the, when the, they, they dropped, I think they dropped the, 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 the engine that they used to take off. Yeah. 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 And it, it goes down and boom, hits yeah. it in the whole, the whole moon because they, they had left seismic. Right, uh, recorders there, and it just kept ringing. Right, and it right. kept going and kept Completely going. Completely unexpected. Yeah, and and it's like, but 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 then we come up with the reason why afterwards, you know, and it's yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Let's just fit this into something that's not going to, you know, right, right. It's not. This yeah. is totally normal. Nothing right. to see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we yeah. didn't expect it, but but when it happened, it's actually not surprising because right. we're thinking around. We're trying to figure out a way to make it not surprising. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And then you were mentioning the size of the moon in general. Like. Well, it's, yes, the, so the size is interesting. There's all kinds of strange sacred numbers wrapped up in it, in it, but also its position. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is, has to do in part with its size, but it, it, it has this orbit that around the earth that, uh, like it was parked, um, you know, that it was put there on purpose. Cause like, what are the odds that it's in this place where, where it perfectly perfectly occults the sun. It isn't right. much larger than the sun when it occults it. It isn't much smaller. Right. From our perspective, on the surface of the Earth, yeah. it appears to be the exact same size right. as the sun. And so when when there's an eclipse, it's a perfect occultation right. sometimes. Right. Like this eclipse that's coming up is going to be a perfect mm -hmm. occultation of the sun. Mm -hmm. The one that happened the year before was the annular where you see a ring, mm -hmm. right? So the moon is a little bit farther away from us, so it doesn't completely cover the sun. Right. But sometimes it's a perfect eclipse. And then that allows you to see the corona, you know, this, this, all this stuff around the sun that you can never see mm -hmm. by with the naked eye mm -hmm. without this device. Mm -hmm. This gigantic space device. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like an observational tool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really, it's just like, what are the odds, right? That you that that's what we would have, right? Right. It's again, you have all these weird odds. It's like, what are the odds that uh, life will exist? What are the odds that intelligent life will exist? And intelligent life that we've found just so happens to be on this place with this moon that doesn't look like any of the other moons that we see anywhere. Nothing. That it happens right. to be perfectly sized and at the right distance to to do that to yeah. blow all of our minds occasionally right, right. yeah and, and you, you could say our moon's too big and then people were like well there are other moons in the solar system that are 
as large or maybe a little larger than our moon. But but those planets that they're around are enormous. Mm-hmm. Our moon, like the, the size ratio between the, the Earth and the moon is there's nothing like that anywhere else in the solar system. Mm-hmm. Mars has a couple of moons. They're little potatoes. They're not even big enough. They don't have enough mass to make themselves spherical. Right, right. And that speaks to the density of the moon being extremely light, right? Which which um, speaks to the the theory about it potentially being hollow, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, the overall density. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then the the shallowness of the craters speaks to a very high hard, hard shell. Uh, yeah. Right. So you maybe have a high density, very strong shell, and then the rest of it's hollow. Yeah, right. And leading to an could, overall low density, which could explain the the ringing, you yes. know, and everything else. Yeah. Um, and wasn't there some study done that was like that talked about the the rocks on the moon being much older near the surface and much younger as you dug down lower? Mm. Or is that that's mm. something that I have? Heard I haven't heard that. that. That's okay. that's that's okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have yeah. things like the you know the Blair cuspids, like where it's then this is all based on you know photos from above, like lunar orbital camera or the, the Apollo orbits and they're taking pictures looking down, mm-hmm. but you're basically looking straight down on a surface and you're looking at shadows and you're looking at objects casting the shadows, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. you say, you see this very small object and it casts this incredibly long shadow, right. but everything else around it is casting normal length shadows. And so you're like, well, maybe this is a very tall, narrow object, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem like something you would normally get. Right. Um, and so there's a series of these, and they also appear to be in a. They're not just randomly placed, mm-hmm. and so you're. And so people start thinking they're obelisks, and they're up on the moon, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. they are, but there's some interesting stuff like that. Right. And there's also, um, you know, uh, trails. There are tracks on the moon. Right. And yeah, can you pull those up? Brian? Some of the times you can see that the track mark is made by it. At the end of it is a big rock, and so like this rock has rolled. And it's left this track. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the tracks do not have an explanatory boulder. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's some. That's a great picture of yeah. some wow. track marks. Yeah. yeah. And you see the boulders on, on most of those. Yeah. Yeah. What is that lake? Uh, or there's this old lake bed where the rocks do this? Oh, uh, racetrack playa. Right. It's in like California. The, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. 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 But apparently there's a good reason for that. There's there. Yeah. There has, there has been a, a an explanation that I really like at this yeah. point that yeah. it makes ice sails and it's right. really cool. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ice sails doesn't seem to be a good explanation for the moon. Right. Um, but yeah, these, the tracks are interesting. And then there's also the, you know, another one that you can look at and just wonder about, there may be a perfectly good natural explanations for some of this stuff, but the splash marks that go out from some of the craters, some of these you can see with the naked eye without any assistance, like Tycho has a, a lot of very bright lines that go out from the crater and they cross a large portion of the moon, you mm-hmm. know? So you imagine something impacting the moon and there's going to be ejecta, yeah, a, a, an ejecta pattern. Mm-hmm. But what's weird about some of the splash lines that come out of these craters is they don't, they're not really all radial. They cross each other, mm-hmm. you know, from the same, they, in other words, it doesn't look quite right. Mm-hmm. Was going very fast. Very fast. And it, <laughs> and it still only went in three kilometers. Right. It didn't you know? make a right. deep hole. But right. yeah, you Incredible. can see the, the, the ejecta mark is, is right. enormous. For something that rings that's, you know, very low density, like why isn't it going in? And look how the, the surface. See this, see this picture? Uh, it's like the all the way to the left, third one down. 
Yes, this one. See the lines, how far they go? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about crossing a third, maybe a half right. of the, you know, crossing an entire hemisphere there. Right. But they're not... So what is what are those lines? Like, are those like, like, like from when it stretched? Out, that's like, the question. But you can see how they're not quite a proper radial pattern. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They don't all point at the middle of the crater. Right. Which is what you would expect. So it's it's still quite a mystery. Like, what are these lines? Yeah. Some people have, I mean, in the who, who Built the Moon, he's, you know, the guy is like he, when he starts to go off on all the craziness at the end of it, he's saying, you know, they're mining these things and these are machine tracks and yeah, and yeah. The, the tracks would last a long time. So yeah, you see them on there forever, but it's the yeah. reason they're not always perfectly straight from the crater is because it's, it's machines driving around the world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what they are, but yeah. <laughs> let's go to Mars. What do you guys think? Just real face on Mars. Any thoughts on that thing? Have you guys Man, seen I it? obsessed over that. Did, did <laughs> <you>? <laughs> okay. I did. Uh yeah, and I was I was mad at the people that were just like, nah, look at it at a different time of day. It's yeah. nothing. I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. That's gotta be a face. <laughs> like what's the what's the quick story on that thing, just so people understand what we're talking about. Because my, my understanding of it is that it was like that NASA took this photo and released it. And it was like, OK, here's this was photo of this Viking. Yeah. It's one of the early yeah, orbiters. Yeah. yeah Viking yeah, yeah. one or something. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, OK, there's there's this thing, but that's nothing to see. They didn't think it was going to be a big deal. People, you know, but then people got super crazy interested in it. Yeah. And, you know, t what what is this? And and then NASA released this image of it that um, that was like like this total Photoshop hack job of like, you know, 13 layers of, of Photoshop. Oh. To, to like to show this thing as being like you know just just um, just a normal anomaly that happened Whoa. to get picked up by the light one time. Yeah, my understanding, right? I didn't I know think, that. Yeah, they they photoshopped this. Wait, are we bringing back the Mars face? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just want to know if there's anything to it. I really don't know. I mean, I've well, seen very little look, on this. I'm but, diving back in, boys. But, but, even, but, but even, they haven't been back to it. And it's like, right. why, why, why don't you why, just why, land in Sidonia right, and take a right. look? Yeah. Just show us another picture. Yeah. Like, just go uh, back and take a picture of it. Like, bring the freaking rover there. The rover's all over the planet, like yeah. traveling everywhere, it's all like, over the place. Circles right? Not going to the face. They don't go there. It's like, why? Why? Why don't you just go there? Everybody wants to see it. Look at that. 1976, 1998. Look at the yeah. difference in yeah. what, what they made it look like. 2001. Well, the well, 2001 actually still looks like a face. Look, that's what I'm saying. The, even if you, if there was no Photoshopping, whatever, and they're just showing you another picture and saying, well, here's what it really looks like. Yeah. It's still weird. Right, right. It's got this, it's, it's in this flat plane and this thing's just sticking out of it. And it's a very odd Right. Wow. Whatever it is, this feature is very strange. You should go check it out. You know what out, we right? ought to do? I, we, you ought to get a picture of like the Black Pyramid. Isn't it called the Black Pyramid? Which one? It's, 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 um, it's oh, the mud Mars brick one. Or, oh, in Egypt? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like a pyramid. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That's not a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it actually <laughs> is. Yeah. 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 You mean because they collapse, they degrade? Yeah. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. And so that it's just what occurred to me that like this when you're looking at the border around the face on Mars, it's like, yeah, this is a it's a this is it's, a raised platform that's kind of squarish and then it's got some eroded stuff on top. Yeah. Yeah, and it's collapsing. It's very old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
All right. Well, you I'm, know, there's other there's other things too with Mars. I'm there's, back on board, bro. Yeah. You brought me back <laughs> to the Mars too, man. Space, I want to know, you. like, why like why can't we get a real updated picture? Like, why won't they bring the rover back there? Like, what is going on with this thing? Because because you know they Photoshop so uh, we know NASA like that's proven. We know that they Photoshop like all of their photos before they show us anything, and so it's like I, I mean what like oh, it drives me crazy that we can't get a, a decent you know like an explanation for this thing and like get close to it. Like drive the freaking rover into its eyeballs, you know? Like, yeah. yes. Like, like, why not? I, I what about want, the what about the pyramids? Uh, weren't there supposed yeah. to be five? Right around. They were like five sided. Right, right, right near it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in in the Sidonia region. Yeah, yeah. That's so. You know, that's what's interesting is again. Yeah, I, there's one of them. Yeah. I take it back to this uh, this who, this guy Leonard who wrote who built the moon. The way he. In the book, he's describing like he's going to NASA. He's digging yeah. through their boxes of photographs, mm -hmm. looking at stuff, and then taking those pictures and talking to the people at NASA. Then going out and teaching kids, mm -hmm. showing them pictures, getting them involved. Mm -hmm. Then the kids are writing letters to NASA, mm -hmm. asking NASA why haven't they given us an explanation for this weird thing that's in this crater. Yeah. And so then you start wondering, is it people like this that yeah. is the reason NASA started airbrushing and photoshopping <laughs> yeah. all their pictures? Because yeah. yeah. they're like, we don't want to deal with this. We're just trying to land on the moon. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems, you know, it seems like, why would you not want to talk about this? Right, right. You know, I've seen, this is another explanation that's been given, like, don't you think that if NASA was finding ev evidence of ancient artifacts up there that they would tell everybody because then they'd get all the funding they wanted? Nope. Yeah, well, clearly not. Yeah, yeah. yeah they don't yeah. even want to say, okay, everyone's interested in this. Let's drop the next probe nearby. Right. Right. Yeah. They yeah. just that is weird. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. There, there, it seems like they have some other incentive that's stronger than the incentive to get a lot of funding because people think there might be ancient alien artifacts Keep up there. People calm. Yeah. That's the whole incentive. There's you think so? nothing to see here. Like, yeah. There's nothing interesting happening anywhere in the entire galaxy. <laughs> just, just don't worry about it and just keep working and pumping money into the wow. economy. Uh, that's what that's what NASA's like. That's the whole. I mean, that's the whole the government, the whole NASA. That's what people do. Like, yeah. That's, that's the whole system. Them. It's like they don't want people to, you know, uh, to 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 rise up and to think about things differently and to um, to to think about these topics and to explore, you know, unknown. They want us to think that we're in this, you know, that that we that we understand everything, you know, and that it's yeah. all it's all under control. That we're kind of in a static universe that like that doesn't change much, or if it does change, it's only over extremely long time right. spans, and right. so we are the greatest change yeah. in the yeah. universe, yeah. Right. and right. we're the pinnacle of everything right now, exactly, ah, and we right. have the manual for how the universe works and it's the final, final edition. edition right right exactly exactly <laughs> man so that's depressing yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah that one's interesting um but yeah what do you guys think on the ufo topic well it's i i think it's this one is very muddy right it's murky yeah uh, you know we were just talking about the you know, the psychological, the psyops, the disinformation stuff, like clearly that's all involved in this. Yeah. But the, the phenomena is very old. I'm interested in the topic, but it's one of those ones that's, it's hard to study. Yeah. As yeah. To, to discover anything about it. It seems the more I learn about it, the more confusing it gets. The UFO topic in general? Yes. Yeah. And how many phenomena is it really? That's the other thing is like, you yeah. know, is it multiple things that because we know so little about this particular, like maybe there are, there probably are uh, phenomena that we just don't have any grasp on. Some of them we have no idea that, that uh, there could be anything behind this that could generate it. And so maybe there's, maybe those things 
result in a lot of different things and they get all kind of lumped together. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that ev everything paranormal, the ghosts, the strange feelings, the, you know, people who have, uh, uh, precognition, all this stuff can also be, can they be all tied together because there's some unifying principles behind that, like the spirit realm, whatever that might mean. Or is it a bunch of very different things mm -hmm. that we don't understand? Mm -hmm. And b it's very confusing because we have lumped them all together mm -hmm. in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Making it simple at the, at the baseline level, um, the UFO phenomenon for me is like, um, you start with what we know and what, or what we, what we think we know, um, certainly it, it could all be lies, but, but I, you know, for me, like I go to, and again, we talked about this earlier, but like, I don't go to, or try not to go to belief or skeptic. Like, yeah. and what, what I mean by that is, is, is everything has a percent chance of being true or, or, you know, a percent chance of likelihood of, of occurring, um, or fact or whatever. And, and if you take it to a hundred percent, you're a believer. And if you take it to 0%, you're a skeptic. And yeah. so, you know, it's like the UFO phenomenon to say, well, it's a hundred percent, I'm a hundred percent real. Well, you're a UFO believer. You know, if, yes. you're, if you're religious and you take that to a hundred percent, well, you're a believer by definition, you're a believer. You call yourself a believer. You know, if you're a skeptic, then you take it to 0%. But the truth is almost always somewhere in between, you know, it's all, it's always some percentage, it's always some percentage between zero and a hundred. And for me, um, with the UFO thing, I'm very, very close to a hundred. <laughs> so, so, again, I don't take anything to a hundred, but that one, man, I mean, but what, but a hundred on what, that it, that, that something is happening. Yes. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, See, I, yeah. I have uh, for at this point, anyone who's like, it's nothing, that yeah. nothing is happening. Nothing I'm like, see. I don't even want to. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I can't, it's not even worth talking to you, bro. Exactly. It's clear that, right. that something's There's going something on. Going yeah. On. Right. I agree exactly. with that. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, you know, for the UFO thing, for me, there's, there's something happening. There's something there. And what I believe if anything is people, and people who have had experiences, you know, and, yeah. and like, like, so you don't have to be a believer if you're an experiencer, if you've seen these things. And there are millions of people that have seen, you know, something, whether it's a government ship. Have you, have or, you ever seen anything? I have. Yeah. 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 I have. Yeah. Nice. Um, my wife and I saw one. We were with another person and um, it was this massive triangle, Whoa. black triangle with um, looks like the color of that um, pyramid behind your head, a ball right in the middle of a big ball of light. And it was, um, just, you know, it was maybe, so you saw a structured craft. I saw a structured craft. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It nice. was, it was maybe the size of like, um, you know, four airplanes, you know, something, something <laughs> wow. like that, you know, f four or five airplanes was about the size of it. I mean, it was freaking huge, massive, no sound, didn't, didn't make any sound at all. It was, it was going, it was about 8,000, 10,000 feet. It was below the cloud level here in Florida. So whatever that is, I think it was, it, it looked like it, if I'm guessing about 8,000 feet, which is very visible, you know, very, very, yeah. like you could, it was a large object in the sky and just traveling silently towards the east. We was were, it a mass sighting? Uh, no, I, it, three of us. I mean, it was three of us sitting outside and um, I looked up and, and saw it and I'm like, you know, start freaking out. And, yeah. the, the, you know, they both look at it and are like, oh my God, you know, kind of, kind of a thing. And like, you know, I start, uh, I got up and kind of, um, you know, like just tried to, because it was disappearing kind of behind the tree line. So I tried to, you know, keep going to, to watch it for as long as I possibly could. Yeah. And, you know, so that was maybe another, whatever, 20 seconds or so, you know, and, um, um, and then I, you know, kind of, um, 
run by them to uh, to go out into this opening to try to see if I could still see it, you know, again after that. And um, they're talking about something else already. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, are you guys like, seriously on to the next conversation? <laughs> like, what is going on yeah. here? You know? so, so I'm like hauling ass trying to catch this, you know, trying to catch this thing. Like, please take me with you, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if, it, you know, it could have been Raytheon. You know, it could have been like some massive, huge government thing that we don't know anything, you know, that we, uh, I, yeah. it, it could have been, I, I think it doesn't have to be aliens. Sure. You know, it could be, but. But, but the idea now is, that it seems like there's this information coming out that the implication is there are projects that build things like that because yeah. they have been reverse engineering yeah. crashed right. objects right. and they have some of which they may have recovered from archaeological sites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which Bob Lazar told us 30 yes. years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we've known about that. That's the thing that really just blows me away about this whole thing is how many resources that the government has been Dumped dedicating and dumping yeah. into yeah. researching this. And then they're yeah. like, nothing to see. Right. It's like, what do you mean? Right. Why right. did you make yeah. all these agencies to yeah. do this? Well, now they're telling us it's real. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now they're like, now they're like, you know, it, so it was, you know, 50 years ago, if you were a skeptic, you're like, no, UFOs aren't real. And now yeah. if you're a skeptic, you're like, UFOs are real. You yeah. know, because because the <laughs> yeah. government is telling us these are real. Like this is, yeah. we're studying this, you know, yeah. they're like, this is, a, this is a real phenomenon. So yeah, the, 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 it's completely changed. It's completely flipped on its head. And, um, you know, for me, I guess the, the, a couple of the big things where where it it, it was like it, it it keeps inching closer to a hundred. Uh, you yeah. know, for me was like that that aerial school mass sighting when you have like yes. two hundred school children yeah. that all see the same thing. You know, that all like and I mean kids that are between the age of kindergarten and eighth grade. You know, to like couple hundred kids saw this and like those kids aren't lying. You know, you can see them. They're interviewed today. They're interviewed. You know. 30 years ago when it happened, they're telling the exact same story. They're talking about how it like screwed up their lives and like, the, yep. you know, that people think they're crazy. And it's like, I don't know, you know, you can see it. You can tell when people are telling the truth and when people are like acting and lying and these kids, these people are not. And then the, uh, you know, that, uh, the Nimitz, um, yeah. the Nimitz mm -hmm. incident is yep. like, you know, it's like, come on. Like, the Navy what? has had a lot of encounters. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but to capture that one on, you know, FLIR forward looking infrared to capture it with, with, you know, four pilots to capture it, you know, to, to lock onto it. And then it zips off at like whatever, 15,000 miles per yeah. hour. And it, you know, it shows up like, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Like that, like we have that documented, like yeah. that happened, like, you know, so it's like, like, the phenomenon's real. Like, there's something going on, you know? Yeah. And it's like... It's, there so. there have always been fascinating... Not always, but there there are some fascinating stories with the Navy. And, you know, like, when you start looking at the, the USO question, you know, like the, yeah. the uh, you know, yeah. the unidentified submarine objects. Right, right. Uh, and, and that a lot of these things go in and out of the water. Yep. Um, yep. And so then you start thinking, yeah, they got bases down there, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be, it's most of the surface of the planet. Yeah. First of all. Yeah, so they could have more cities than we yeah, have. We, they right. may, there may right. be more of them on this planet than us. We yeah. just don't know, you know, yeah. if they're, if they're sufficiently deep and quiet enough or, or they're able to mask their presence or, or maybe the, they're in caves under there. Maybe it's just been recently with technology that we're starting to see them and there's kind of an interaction going on, mm -hmm. you know, and that may mm -hmm. be why the government's just like, they don't want to talk about it. Because it's like, well, if, if we if people start getting the idea that they're not coming from space, mm -hmm. they might go out into space, but their all their origins are here, mm -hmm. and they've been here a long time, 
and there's a lot of them here right. and they live underwater or and underground you know and you just see this in ancient texts again yeah you know you there are people that the ant people that saved the hopi they came out from under the ground they were like hey there's going to be a cataclysm come down here with us and survive and then we'll let you back out later hmm. And, the, you know, the implication is they stayed down there mm -hmm. and they're still down there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you so you're like, well, who are the ant people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the ant people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's well, it's, it's one of the stories, you know, okay. that the Hopi yeah. so supposedly emerged after the, the most recent destruction, okay. uh, somewhere near the Grand Canyon and they had been, their ancestors emerged there and they had been saved by the ant people okay. who live underground. Okay. Um, or, you know, like the, the, the name could be just like, maybe these were miners. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you're, you know, if you're standing far away and you see somebody, a whole bunch of people coming in and out of a hole in the ground, you're like, wow, they look like ants, Yeah, yeah. you know? And then the yeah. ant people are like, Hey, there's something in the sky coming. Yeah. You, you guys come underground with us cause we'll, we'll shut all the doors and lock all the, the airlocks and we're going to have to live down here for a couple of generations. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll let you back out once the surface conditions are okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But are those aliens or just do they also live here? Right. You know, right. Mm -hmm. and are they underwater? You know, mm -hmm. going back to the Navy stories, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't even bring this up cause I don't have any of the details, but there was this story of a whole Navy, um, you know, like a, like all like a carrier and a whole bunch of ships back and forth and back and forth, uh, off the California coast, chasing something underwater that mm -hmm. was like an anomalous signal. And later they were like, well, that was a whale or, or whatever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, dude, yeah. you had she your whole carrier all group <laughs> all the way down right. the California coast to Mexico and then turn around and you come all the way back up because you guys are trying to figure out what this is. Right, like, if right. it's a submarine or whatever. Yeah. But it was faster than all of you were. Uh huh. And you yeah. never figured it out. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whale. I'm pretty sure they've, they've seen whales before. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. What do they call it? Trans. Uh, I can't remember that the idea that they can they can come out of space into the atmosphere down into the water and back out. What right. is it called? Transmedium vehicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have nothing that can do that. No, we don't. Right. You know, not well. And, and the Nimitz incident, you know, you had something drop from eighty thousand feet, which was the max that the radar could show. So something yeah. from space, right, to like very close to sea level. Yeah, within, down to the deck, like you said. Right, yeah. right. Very within you know a second, a second yeah. and a half, and it, and all of a sudden, you know, you lose the object that that you had in space. You pick up the object, you know, right at sea level, and it's the exact same spot. They scramble the jets. You yeah. Know, they they go out. They look at it. They get four eyewitnesses. There's something under the water that's creating this disturbance under the water yep. you know, and this tic-tac bouncing around over it. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what the actually yeah. is going on here? <laughs> yes. you know? like, yeah. like, let's like, but yeah, I, I, I like to think that, um, that there is a, uh, that the highest level of evolution is towards peace and that, um, that there are probably multiple species within our own galaxy that have evolved towards that. And that, um, if anybody crazy like us comes along with the ability to send nukes out and, and destroy other planets or other parts of the galaxy, then they're going to step in. And I think that's kind of what we saw in the forties when we started to see all these UFOs mm. arrive and you know, all of this. The, they have been forming religions for a long time though, which is weird. But th this, again, this is the question of like, is this the same phenomena? Mm -hmm. You know, this is another thing that you, that is, I think, uh, Diana Pasalka's latest work is talking about this. If you if you go through American Cosmic, mm -hmm. um, and there's an audiobook version of this, it's really good because mm -hmm. she's a religious scholar, mm -hmm. and then she starts. She's looked at the very ancient accounts of people who were having mystical uh, experiences that led them to 
you know, further religious stuff. And then she's like comparing them to UFO things. And she's like, they're the same. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. They look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, The stuff that's happened to Chris Bledsoe, you know, where he's basically has the beautiful woman that comes down and says, you know, be not afraid. This is your burden to bear. Tell this story. This is a, this has, this encounter has happened multiple times throughout history. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, a lot of times we encounter it as a myth or a religious tale, Mm -hmm. but it's still happening to people now. Mm -hmm. Um, so is that the same phenomena? Yeah. Is this part of the UFO phenomena or is it something else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it's part of it, then they have been maybe not purposefully, but they have been forming religions Mm -hmm. or people have been forming religions around the experiences that people have with them. Right. Since the beginning of time. Right, right. Yeah, it's not the UFOs that are necessarily um, saying, you know, worship me or create this religion. No, but they do say things like go out and give this message, which Mm -hmm. is very, Mm -hmm. it may not be forming a religion, but it's like, go tell people what what I said to you. What are the messages? Uh, Well, you know, the message is sometimes that, you know, there is something more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's often a message of peace. It can often be a message of war. You'll receive the kingdom of heaven You'll if receive, you behave yes. a certain way. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. It does. Yeah, okay. yeah, it totally does. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Heaven is balance for me. I think we should be quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, shouting yeah. in the jungle is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Setting off nukes is probably being loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That's in- it's. It, this is interesting because. If, if you're taking the jungle analogy, it's like we're, we live next to a waterfall, the sun. Mm-hmm. It's really loud. Yeah, yeah. So we can drop rocks, we can build things, we can set little campfires. And for the most part, the rest of the jungle will not be aware that we're making noise because we're right next to a big waterfall that's really loud. But if you do something that's louder than the waterfall, like if we do something that's louder than the sun, mm-hmm. makes more noise than the sun for a little bit of time, then the whole universe will see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually the light has to travel outwards, but it'll go outward in a bubble at light speed, right? And so some of the nukes that we blew up, maybe if somebody's looking at exactly the right time, they might notice that. And that bubble is going outwards yeah, and it yeah, always is yeah. expanding and getting wider. Yeah, but with quantum, quantum entanglement, I mean, they could instantaneously know. That's I true. Mean, I mean, just w- without- I'm just talking about conventional science. Yeah, 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 yeah Like yeah, right yeah, now yeah. there's a there's a 50 light year or 100 light year wide bubble yeah. of, of space that right. knows that we've been loud a few times. Right, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they might know right away. It, it might They might know at light speed. I kind of think they would know right away. I kind of think that- um, uh, yeah, that, that, that would happen very You're right. quickly. There, there you know? could be, I mean, there's obviously plenty of science we don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, the exactly. whole quantum field vibrates when we do something exactly. and, the, and the entire exactly. universe knows about it. Right. Instantly. Man, that's just right. nuts. Yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you should definitely be quiet. Yes. yes be quiet. Because <laughs> yes. they know as soon as you do something like <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that was a deep rabbit hole. I like your I like your optimism. Your optimism is great. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been getting just don't shout it for the past few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how optimistic it is. I mean, if we continue down the path that we're going down, it's uh, gosh. Well, your your optimism is in the greater picture. Yeah, you're basically saying, well, no, like they they couldn't get this advanced if if they were warlike. So we must assume that they are probably peaceful. Yeah. I, so if we ever make it there, we're going to meet friends. I have been of, yeah. I've been on yeah. board with that idea for a long time, but then I started thinking about just how big the universe is, and I'm like, somewhere out there is a super predator. Yeah, yeah. Because they overcame all the odds of yeah. like destroying themselves, and now they're incredibly advanced, and they're very dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
And they will destroy any galactic federation they find, even if, especially if they're peaceful. Yeah, but they eat up their entire planet. I guess if they're predators, then they've yeah, consumed, yeah. So they they've consumed their entire planet and the then, whole star systems, yeah. entire clusters, yeah, yeah. entire galaxies. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like a plague of locusts, they just keep moving outwards. I think good good always wins. I think that oh, ultimately that, that's that I, yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, uh, I think that it, it's just more intelligent. It's just um, it has the collective in mind as opposed to the it's 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 driven not by fear um, or or dominance or the the little me the the insignificant self it's driven by the desire for the collective whole to thrive and that's much more powerful than than i think a predator type of a species could ever be but that's just me <laughs> it's, but, but in nature on our planet yeah this is which is what we have to look at yeah. the predators are all at the top yeah yeah for sure, for sure. Right. Until <laughs> so it's we're like, not. Until we're not. Yeah. You know? like but the, until but, we're back in the Stone Age. And, but yeah. once we're back in the Stone Age, the other predators are now on top of us. Yeah. <laughs> in right, other words, right. it's always a predator that's at the very top of them. It, it is because we haven't achieved that level of evolution yet. Okay. You know, I think that once so we can evolve past being predators, and then you become something else. Yeah. You you move okay. you move from evolving physically to evolving mentally and spiritually, mm. and, and we haven't really begun to evolve spiritually yet. You know, and and I think that um, once that starts to happen, um, and and there's a movement now that's happening amongst people that are becoming more conscious that are actually becoming conscious and um, not dominated by their minds. And um, as that happens and as that starts to take hold, we realize that it's not that our survival isn't dependent upon who's the biggest, strongest, fastest, who can kill the most. It, it's it's um, we, we start to we start to evolve spiritually. And as we start to evolve spiritually, then we can accomplish the things that we can accomplish are um, it's it, we, we have to. It, and it, it's going it, it oftentimes, you know, getting to that point takes getting to a very, very low place. And, you know, so, oh, yeah. you know, you have to go through the, 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 the terrible times to get to the, you know, to get to heaven, you know, to get to, yeah. um, you know, what, what, what I would call balance. But uh, this is what what happens when you talk about the ufo topic yeah yeah that's yeah, what i'm saying yeah. like it's it's yeah. almost like at this point you can't separate it from this type of stuff yeah you know there seems to be that weird connection yeah um i i would be fine with just nuts and bolts right but it seems like there's it's not way yeah. more than that yeah there there are nuts and bolts there are, yeah. it's also yeah. a bunch of other stuff mm -hmm. their nuts and bolts are built with and mine, i still think we're eventually we'll we'll do all this evolving we'll join the this galactic federation they'll be like can you guys be quiet <laughs> <laughs> like there's just chill out <laughs> the universe is a big place yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one other thing that I wanted to kind of hear from you, because I know you guys have done a tremendous amount of work on it, is um, is the the path of the pole. You know, yeah. you, you've completed your, your 11 episodes and they're, they're <laughs> yeah. like you know, two, three hours right. each is incredible, incredible stuff, incredible work. But like there's no you don't have I don't think you have anywhere, you know, like a summary of all of that work in terms of, you know, what what it all means, what's happening, what's, you know. Yeah. So, if, if can you guys walk the audience from from the very can you, beginning? Can you summarize <laughs> from the yeah. very beginning? Eleven episodes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thirty-three hours of content in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So the idea, um, first of all, that we do not understand all of the physics involved in what's beneath our feet, the crust, and how it interacts with the mantle. Um, there's a lot of interesting science being done about that. Um, 
uh, earth vibrational frequencies, um, you know, plate tectonics, all these things. At the time of that book, plate tectonics wasn't actually even a thing. At the, it, it, well, yeah, it, would, it, it had not been be, fully accepted. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but the but the the basic idea is: is it possible for uh, some something to happen that might get the whole entire crust of the Earth moving? sliding around on the outside of, of the earth. And it seems implausible at first glance, but when you go through the path of the pole, uh, the book by Charles Hapgood, I mean, he lays out a very convincing case. Now it's not just how could this happen, but he's looking at evidence that it has, that it has happened yeah. in the actual geological layers in where trees were growing, uh, don't even are in areas that don't even receive enough light due to the tilt of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, it, it is a fascinating idea and it could possibly explain, uh, some of the strange, uh, cataclysmic events that we see in our past. Okay. Um, and it needs to be separated from, People just to be clear, it's, we're not talking about magnetic fields. Now they may be involved in some way, not but, but not the magnetic. People poles. talk about a pole shift, and sometimes they mean the Only magnetic, magnetic field reversing. Field. Mm-hmm. And we're also mm-hmm. not talking about the shifting of the of the actual axis of the Earth into some other position. Mm-hmm. But it's the crust sliding around on the axis. So the the axis stays in the same yes. tilt, and the, what is that twenty three to twenty three and a half degrees or something yeah, like yeah. that currently? But that that there's that, a that nod. does have a nod. That yeah. does, yeah. And and then you and then you've got the magnetic field, which is completely unrelated to what you guys are talking about. I'd love your thoughts on the magnetic field. It's, it's had it's, many reversals, and that's accepted science. No now. doubt. No yes. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what's happening with it now? Right. It's, it's now, it is moving now. It's, it's moving. It seems right now. unstable for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Which brings into question. And what the what what is causing it? Right. Like, what is that? There's a dynamo down there somewhere that's generating this huge magnetic field. That's what it's in, in the core. Be. Yeah, in yeah. the core, and mm-hmm. it's so. Why is it in motion? Right. Is right. The, does that imply disturbance in the system that's right. causing it? Yes. Yeah. Right. Disturbance in the full. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's not just the mag- the north magnetic pole. Right. I mean, the north magnetic pole is since the 90s has been yeah. hauling it's asteroids. Been it's, it's accelerating. Yeah. It's accelerating. I, I no haven't doubt. been able yeah. to find much about the south magnetic pole. It's moving. It's moving. And they, it seems like they're moving towards the same direction. And right. It, and it seems like the, the direction that they're moving towards is opposite of the South Atlantic anomaly, uh, yeah, which yeah. is that, 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 that... Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's <laughs> the, it's between South America and Africa. Okay, I mean, the South Atlantic anomaly. South Atlantic anomaly. anomaly. Yeah. yeah. It's this it's this place, it's this massive patch of um of 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 the earth's where where the magnetic field is extraordinarily weak weak and mm. yeah, and so like satellites oftentimes have to power down going into it because of the radiation and the north and south magnetic pole seem to be moving to the opposite side of the, the antipode earth as that yeah okay. so so That's what's going on like what's actually going on with yeah. that well uh i've also been interested in these two giant blobs that are down in the mantle. Have you heard about these? No. Mysterious blobs? Uh-uh. The, in the giant mantle? mysterious no. blobs <laughs> in the mantle. Oh, sweet. Uh, one of them's under the Pacific Ocean. The other one, I can't remember exactly where it is, but I think the big one uh, is under yeah, the Pacific. Yeah, it's relics of a massive collision. So, so that- they this is, this is their belief. This is the modern science uh, explaining how the moon got there. So we were run into by another planet. Yeah. And, but thing, but right? there are definitely <laughs> these so giant stupid. blobs that are yeah. down in the mantle that have a different density there, there's a good, than yeah. the rest of okay. the mantle. Okay. 
Now they're like sitting on top of the core, uh-huh. extruding up into that the mantle. That is a great diagram, yeah. my friend. Wow, that's a good one. I've never seen that, but I just it just made me think about that in terms of the magnetic pole. It'd be interesting to see if there was a correlation, yep. because I wonder what the magnetism of those blobs are, and if it cha- if it's more magnetic or different, or maybe their polarities or they have their own polarities. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so, to go back to the path of the yeah, pole. Yeah, path yeah, of the yeah. pole. So, yeah, so magnets so. are weird and they're doing the wrong things. Yeah. Right path magnets the pole. are weird. Yeah. The other thing that, you know, people associate with pole shift is is the entire axis possibly flipping over or changing. Yeah. And it, I mean, that, you know, that isn't out of the realm of possibility, but it, it if you're just going by conventional physics, it requires a large outside force mm-hmm. acting on the earth, like a, like a, like a very dense, you know, like a, a gravitational well passing by, like another planet. Mm-hmm, like if mm-hmm. Mars came really close and did a flyby, it could alter Earth's magn- uh, its axis mm-hmm. of the entire body mm-hmm. of the planet. Yeah, so that it's mm-hmm. spinning in a different orientation. Right. Yeah. But, but we're just talking about, you got, about the crust It's like sliding. a gyroscope. It's not easy to right. take it off its axis. It right. wants to stay in the same place. And, you know, the only way to do that it would be to like actually affect it with a large outside force i think right with there think, yeah. there may be internal physics that take a long like a long time to to happen like some kind of cyclical thing where it will automatically flip over mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what's the effect that people have shown with the yeah there's like a wing nut it's named after a russian guy. outer space yeah he, so like, he spins the wing nut off of the like it's a handle off of a bolt off of a bolt and it spins off and it's so it's it's got a, an axis in this direction and an axis in this direction and it's rotating and mm-hmm. then it automatically will flip over and rotate this way and then flip over and rotate this way okay. if there's something like that principle acting inside the earth because of these blobs Here it whatever is, watch this. yeah there watch he spins it so that's an off center you know it's got this weird wow. center of gravity and this other thing that once, once, see, that thing has its own sort of processional like wobble. Yeah. No, it's showing you in slow motion. Uh huh. So there's your normal procession, and then it. So if there's something wow. like this principle happening inside the earth. Yeah. But it just takes a lot of rotations before the. And then it, you can see that it's a catastrophic reversal yeah. it happens yeah. in one spin i yeah. think the thing yeah. if you plot it out it actually it, it it's it shows like a spiral or whatever the the motion that it goes in okay so. okay so anyway could the earth go through some cyclical thing like that and so we just don't know mm-hmm. because the last time it happened was you know four four thousand years ago but we're coming up on another one and assume that the whole thing is just going to start rolling over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that would be catastrophic yeah. i mean absolutely water would be sloshing out yep. of all the oceans yep. and spilling across the land yeah. and it would just be insane this every volcano on the planet my, would go off yeah yeah <laughs> it goes back to my episode the day the earth stood still um yeah it's like it, it we're gonna have to like, check it out yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. gonna have to watch it yeah yeah um, yeah, same kind of thing. If if the Earth did do that for even just a brief moment, and the oceans continued with their momentum, um, yeah, uh, yeah, and the winds, like all the wind, oh like yeah, all yeah, the, the atmosphere yeah. would be doing it too. You'd have thousand mile an hour winds. You'd right. have you'd right. have thousand mile high waves. Yep, <laughs> not thousand miles, but like you know, a couple of th- uh, thousand feet, <laughs> ten thousand feet potentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two mile high anyway. Yeah, it yeah. would uh, it would it would be catastrophic. And yeah. has that happened before? Yeah. But path of the pole, <clears throat> yeah, it's not about any of that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> All right. what's path of the pole about? <laughs> it's hard not That's to go off on tangents. <laughs> so we, we've one. gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. This is why it took eleven episodes. <laughs> right. 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 
he is he he went through a lot of it. And I think like Kyle was sort of saying, I think that at this point, some of his evidence that he's presented in the book can possibly be explained just by very long. Uh, uh, Hapgood. Yeah. Hapgood. Yeah, yeah. Very the, the the very long process of the, you know, the crustal. The, the tectonic plate movement. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some of the stuff he's looking at, he's like, look, there were, uh, you know, if there's extremely clear evidence of massive ice cover in places in Africa, hmm. you know, in India, which is too close to the equator for there to be any ice. And also the ice is moving in the wrong direction, right? In other words, it's moving north, which implies that it formed in the south and went northward, mm-hmm. which is not what you would expect. Mm-hmm. It usually forms at the colder, you know, the higher latitudes and goes south. Yeah. Um, at least in the in the northern hemisphere. So, but don't we know that like Antarctica has been under ice for like million, like at least a few million years based on ice I don't, samples? Well, it seems to have gone. Fa- it's like phases, right? Yeah. But but it depends on where those samples are taken. If yeah, they're taken the high taken. in the mountains, you know, then those mountain yeah, glaciers probably yeah, never been there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah okay. But there's also relict forests. You know, yeah. evidence of like whole forests in that area, and like there's just not enough sunlight for trees, right. even if there was no ice. Yeah. So it must have not get been forests? there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so Hapgood is just saying, okay, so clearly you can't like no matter what you say about how long the ice is or whatever, you just can't have trees. They won't grow here. Mm-hmm. There's not enough sunlight. Mm-hmm. So it must have not been on the pole. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because the crust itself can shift around and so he he went through how how could this happen what would be the what would be the cause one of the ideas was that well for, for example the south pole is a landlocked ice sheet mm-hmm. it's it's plugged into the crust by by mountains that go through it okay whereas the the ice on the north pole is just floating in water okay. it isn't locked to the crust at all right okay so it it can grow or whatever and it will sort of center itself because it's just it's not connected. Right. And Antarctica is locked to the crust. Okay. So if you have a big part of it that extrudes really starts extruding north and it gets out of balance and it's enough force cuz the planet's spinning mm-hmm. and it's pu- constantly pulling on it. Basically the centrifugal force the just centrifugal force. Mm-hmm. Like imagine you you spin a basketball and it will sort of find a an axis and stay there. Yeah. But if you p- stick a piece of bubble gum to it mm-hmm. on an offset it's going to Mm-hmm. Put that at the equator. It right. wants that to be out on the outside right, edge, right? right? Right, yeah. So if you have this giant chunk of ice, and it's sort of balanced because it's at the pole, but yeah. if one side of it starts growing, it's going to want to, the whole thing wants to slide. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And the reason it doesn't shift, the reason the ice on the poles don't shift to the equator now, because they are, it's obviously a ton of weight on both poles. The reason it doesn't shift is because of the bulge at the center yes. of the earth. Is, it, is, right. Yeah, it's wider at the center that you got the bulge because of the spin, and so that's what keeps it all... In balance, and so, so what could cause that ice to to shift? It to would the, have to overcome that. There's it also would have yeah. to be yeah. more more mass from the ice than the bulge. There's well, yeah. There's right? two yeah. things you can you can sort of do a calculation. There's the coefficient of friction of the crust between the ma- between the crust and the mantle. Okay, like the crust doesn't want to move over the mantle, even if there wasn't a bulge. Mm-hmm. You have to start sliding it right. Mm-hmm. So it has to overcome the friction of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that it then has to overcome. The, the bulge, in other words, whatever is sliding from the pole towards the mantle is going to start breaking. It's going to start It's, it's going to be pulled apart. Mm-hmm. Pulled apart, cause rifts. Mm-hmm. Anything being pushed from the equator towards the pole is getting crushed together. Okay. It's going to have to get smaller. Yeah. So you have to overcome those two things. And there's that's an enormous amount of force. But once you start looking at planetary weights and the 
the gyroscopic forces, it's possible mm -hmm. to overcome that amount of force and get the whole process going. Especially mm -hmm. if you have outside influence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then right. you bring in like an impact or something like that okay. that can get the whole planet resonating. Vibrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then maybe you can overcome that coefficient of friction. Yeah. Do you guys have a thought on if and when this might have happened? Nope. Okay. Nope. Yeah. He, <laughs> he does see, he does in the book, he kind answer. of, yeah, he has a, a diagram where he's drawing like where the previous North Poles may have been. Okay. Uh, and he's showing that each time it seems to shift roughly 30 degrees. It's not, a, it doesn't completely roll all the way over. Yeah. Okay. It's a 30 to 40 degree movement. Got it. Right. And so he thinks the last one, the most recent one would have been Hudson Bay. Okay. This is based on where the center of the Cordier and, and Laurentide ice mass yeah. of the of the last ice age was. It was yeah. centered over Hudson Bay, not the no current North Pole. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, which is weird. I mean, that's, people listening is like, okay, well, you know, Hapgood, like crazy person, but but like you got to think that that Albert Einstein was working with him. And yeah, like, Albert thought like, it was a good idea. Yeah, he yeah. thought it was a great freaking yeah. idea. Yeah. And <laughs> like he's like, okay, this guy is really smart and he really knows what he's talking about, and we yeah. really ought to look into this. Like that's what Albert Einstein was yeah. was thinking and saying and talking about. So you know, it's it's like. Uh, that's kind of why we're talking about it. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not as if this is just like crazy conspiracy no, you theory, can't. impossible to ever have happened kind of stuff. Hapgood yeah. was also like, he taught in, you know, I can't remember which school it was, but he was a professor. Uh, he, I mean, he was not a, you know, he was not just a nobody that was like coming up with some wacky theory. Right, right. But he, he also are, wrote Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings, which yes, is a fantastic God, dang, book. I was that up too. He's, <laughs> you can't read him and think yeah. that this guy's just like a total lunatic. Right. Right. He, he, he lays out pretty much everything that he could find on any of this type of stuff. He's just showing you like, here's what they say about this. And here's what they say about this. Here's what was found here. Here's the geology. Here's it's, it's great. And so he's working with this set of data that he had at the time yeah. and saying like, well, how could this be possible? Could yeah. it be possible? Yeah. It's uh, I think it's really well done. Yeah. Did you see old Wikipedia? I saw uh, Ryan brought up Wikipedia. He's like, he's famous for his pseudo scientific yeah. explanation right. of rapid climate change. Right, right, right. <laughs> Everything's pseudo scientific yes. on Wikipedia. <laughs> he's an American college professor, famous for pseudoscience. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Young, Younger Dryas is pseudoscience yeah. on Wikipedia, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Maps so, of the Ancient Sea Kings was an awesome book, yeah. too. Okay. The, the other yeah. thing, the other thing that we really liked in, uh, there's just so much in Path of the Pole. Like, uh, there's so many details. Yeah. But the other thing we really in, liked was the was ancient rock bands, right? We, yeah. We yeah. laughed about this a lot. That, that in general, you can take the, the axis of the planet and you can see climate bands. Like uh, B A N D S. I was thinking like rock. Yeah, bands. right. Yeah, 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 yeah yes. Yeah, ancient yeah. rock bands, bro. That's why we were laughing about it. We're like, yes, yeah, the yeah. proof is in ancient rock bands. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's no, it's, you can see that there's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's pulling up ancient he's rock, up bands, ancient rock the Beatles, bands the Beatles <laughs> that's awesome but the, no these are like 100 million year old rock bands okay. <laughs> that are embedded in the in the in the you know the, in the strata of the earth gotcha so basically now the, the the you can see the effects of the current uh, axial tilt and the the latitudinal positions like the how that affects the climate, you can see the effects that that has on the layers that are bu being built up, like the, the sediment that's being deposited, right? And it'll be uh, what animals live there, uh, how much water's moving around, 
uh, how much ice, you know, uh, ice damage there is to the stone. Possibly, uh, it'll be in the pollen. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is being recorded and left in the in the um, in the sediments, mm-hmm. which then eventually turns to stone. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, from our axis, you see, you can see the pole. Here's the Arctic Circle. And then here's the, you know, the next climate band below that going all the way down to the equatorial, you know, the, the tropical area. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back towards Arctic conditions again. Mm-hmm. But there are, if you dig down far enough, you find that there's a whole regime just like that, but it's tilted way off the current axis. Mm. Okay. And we were just like, okay, that's very interesting. There. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that explained by tectonic movement? Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I would say about Hapgood, probably the last thing we can say about this, is that he didn't say that this was happening overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd say it would begin moving, mm-hmm. and it would take it thousands of years to get to its... It's like an accelerated tectonic plate movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's moving much faster than what would, they, you know, the, the normal... But this is... So this is like what Randall says about punctuated equilibrium. Mm-hmm. You have long periods where everything's sort of slowly changing, mm-hmm. and then something happens and then everything changes quickly for a while, then that slows back down and it goes back to a long, steady period. Okay. Yeah. But he would say, you know, this took thousands of years for it to move into a new position. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, there weren't giant two mile high waves and massive winds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But there okay. would be increased volcanism, more earthquakes. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of like, it went from being a zero possibility in yep. my mind mm-hmm. to now it's like more. There's a lot more than just zero. Yeah. More, th- more than 50? <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. I yeah. can't say that. But yeah, I would say maybe right at the median. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. at the median. You know? cool. and, yeah. and I would like to see more data because I, I agree with plate tectonics. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I'm, How do you I have think... plate tectonics on a flat earth? I don't know. The guy that's spinning the record. It's, uh, it's spinning. It's all still, sliding still towards the around. ice wall. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What yeah. about this uh, Alaskan boneyard thing? Oh, man. Uh, Got to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to go. Crazy. The thing that blows my mind about that is they're apparently uh, spraying this auto giant or whatever, this yeah. big yeah. water hose into a wall that's like 60 feet tall yeah. of Alaskan muck. Right. And right. I'm trying to figure out how all of those bone fragments got into that spot. Water. It has to be water. Well, it has to be some flood event that it just has to, washed they, it seems all like of they those catastrophic. All of those animals yeah. must just but there's more like carcasses just yeah. of like, like, I mean, you're talking about like there's thousands more. and thousands of it all in like one small area. How was some of the meat still there? Yeah. Like undecayed. This is what I can't uh, understand. Yeah. Like, how do you have something flood in? Maybe kill a bunch of animals. Yeah. And throw them all in there and bury them under sixty feet of stuff and then freeze them soon enough. Yeah. For the meat not to completely biodegrade. It's salt water. Salt water coming in and then it just it preserves got, it. Got cold again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's a freaking mystery. Nobody knows. I'm just making that salt shit up. water is a really good point. Yeah, that's that is a good a point. Great Very point. salty water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, what else could have washed that many dead bodies? How did they get dead in the first place? Maybe they weren't dead when they washed. Maybe they were dead because they all freaking drowned from the yeah. From some or they're being rolled in with boulders and trees and exactly. all the other stuff. That's exactly. in it. Or yeah, right. it's yeah that maybe there was at some like for a long period in the past like a, a watering hole or some place that they would go. Yeah. 
and die there. Like yeah. we 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 visited one that. place in yeah. near where we live, yeah. and that appears to be what it is. It's this ancient watering hole, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's a lot of bones in that area. And it yeah. was a spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, I'm I, just I, saying I, to to bring the animals over there because some of them are forty thousand years old. Okay, so we're not talking about just it's not just the end the, of the younger all, dragon. Not, it's not just one the from one period. That, yeah, that went for, okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so what are we talking about? Like what like what went extinct forty thousand years ago that we find with woolly mammoths and no, the woolly mammoths were dying forty thousand years ago, and their bones are in this place. Yeah, along with the ones that are twelve thousand years old. <clears throat> okay, so you see different layers. So I didn't know that part about it. So yeah, so they're not have, all from well, the this, same that's, period. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is like it needs to be studied more because yeah. it isn't yeah. clear. And this is what he's trying to say is like give me my bones back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we'll get some real scientists in here to do some real studies. But first, I want my my damn bones back. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But but could that be another thing where a flooding event made it look like you have forty thousand year old bones combined with twelve thousand year old bones, but all you have is one event where it, it just got all piled up into the at the same time, you know, into the same spot, you know? Yeah, it's uh, a crazy mystery. I yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't. No, nobody knows yet. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. Like, it's one of those things where. But it's it's like such a mystery. If you go back, so now we now we can talk a little bit about Velikovsky. We did a long uh, book report mm. on his Earth and Upheaval. Yeah, and in Earth and Up, you know, Velikovsky famously wrote uh, Worlds in Collision. Okay, so this kind of ties yep. in a little bit to what we were talking about with pole shifts and all this stuff because he sort of speculated and he was basing this on ancient myths. And he's like, look at all these stories, how they all have these similarities from all over the world. What could make them? Uh, what what drove all these? very far separated people to have the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because they all saw the same event, which would require it to be a global event, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of sort of what we talk about with the Younger Dryas. It was global, mm-hmm. and it caused myths to happen all over the place, and this is why they're similar. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because these people were talking to each other, mm-hmm. but because they all witnessed the same thing. But Velikovsky went into like, well, maybe Venus or Mars or something came close to the Earth and caused a huge cataclysm, moved the axis, whatever. But then he got ridiculed by people for that or the, whole or the book. moon showed up. Or yeah, <laughs> right. The, yeah, the moon parked in orbit and <laughs> yeah. it just yeah. shifted the axis and killed a lot of people. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So he does this with myth and then he gets ridiculed. And then so the next book he writes, because people are like, show me the evidence that's real, that isn't some story that was, you know, that yeah. you're getting from, you know, people who are non scientific. Right. So then he just he, he writes the next book, Earth and Upheaval, where it's just nothing but geological evidence of enormous cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that he goes through in that is the Alaskan bone beds. Okay. And he tells mm-hmm. multiple stories from multiple different scientists up, that were going up there with the gold, you know, people looking for gold. Mm-hmm. And these guys are like, they're having their minds blown. Mm-hmm. You know, they're writing their letters and they, they kind of sound frantic. They're like, their bones... <laughs> everywhere Mm -hmm. these guys are like washing all this stuff out and then it starts to stink Mm -hmm. you know they're Mm -hmm. not old bones Mm -hmm. (laughs) this happened recently because it still smells bad when we start washing them out of the ice Mm -hmm. and the guys are describing enormous lenses like huge lens shaped geological features that's a bunch of water gravels boulders uh pulverized and fragmented trees mixed in with disarticulated animal parts that are going from very small up to extremely large animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have meat still on them that begins to rot as soon as you melt it out of the ice. Yeah. That's just wild. That's crazy. And it's, this is, you know, he's like this all through Alaska. And then there's, there's millions of, 
of uh, tusks and mammoth bones and other megafaunal bones that are all in the Siberian area and on Arctic islands. There are some islands that are so covered in them that it's like they're made mm -hmm. of animal parts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, how did they get out there? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So this was all in Velikovsky. And later people were just like, he just, he's making this stuff up. This isn't true. Like there aren't millions of megafauna trapped in the ice up there, but clearly there are, it, it, yeah. there are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's, <laughs> that, that whole book is full of stuff like this too. Like gigantic, um, uh, glacier, you know, erratics, like mm -hmm. boulders that don't belong where they are. Right. 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 Uh, ones that are, some of them are so huge that towns are built on top of them. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you start wondering what moved that rock yeah. away from, you know, this, where it's supposed to be, which is like a hundred miles away. How right. did it get down here? Right. Where right. and then somebody builds a town on it because mm -hmm. they mistake it for regular ground. Right. <laughs> nope, it's a boulder. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well, good man. Yeah, awesome. Great to chat with you guys. Any, yeah. any, any uh, you know, anything else that uh, you think we missed? That was a that was a heck of a. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man, that was awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, good. it was really great seeing the vases. Thank you very yes. much for yeah, inviting us out and showing us that. That yeah. was fascinating. We actually yeah. didn't talk about the vases too much <laughs> yeah yeah i that's guess okay. that's true I that's guess all right that's true yeah that's all right yeah yeah i mean they're uh yeah we we, we can we can save it for another yeah you know another time oh, well i'll just say i appreciate what you're doing i think yeah. you should yes. stay on it and uh keep getting them and getting them scanned it's just awesome it's it's uh it's wonderful that you're able to do that. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, again, just trying to get some answers. You yes, know? sir. It's like, it's like, let's figure it out. You know, like, let's like, <laughs> Hell what, yeah. what's the story? Like, what's really the story? I think the vases are a big part of that story. So, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, we might as well, might as well try to get some questions answered and, um, you know, try to, you know, see what's really going on. I think by, by getting enough of them, we can, we can really start to learn about, you know, like what are the similarities? What are the mm -hmm. differences? Like, like what, you know, the, the handle being offset, you know, the handles being offset. Like if you see that's, one, yeah. you know, you're, you're like, okay, that's a mistake. But if you see 50, you're like, okay, that's not a mistake anymore. And then it's always mm -hmm. the prettier side is always where the handles are closer to each other. You yeah. Know? It's always every one of them. And then, wow. you know, the, the spinning thing of them, you know, like the, it's not just the round bottom ones that spin. You know, it's like the tall vases that look like that they should be standing Have a square up base, yeah. Yeah, those all spin. Like like at least like three quarters of them, you know, they'll they'll spin <sighs> on, on a flat surface. And it's like, so they intentionally left the bottoms of them rounded off for some reason. And it's like, why? Even if it's like a tiny bit that you can't really see. Even if it's a mm. tiny bit that you yeah. can't see. Yeah. See, yeah. this is why it's great. Like you have to get a bunch of vases and start spinning them on a tabletop to figure this out. Exactly. <laughs> right. You really do. Right? You yeah. can't figure that out looking at them and taking pictures of them behind glass in a museum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is why what you're doing is amazing. Yeah. 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 I appreciate it. I mean, you know, there's, you know, I think what Ben has done, Ben Van Kirkwick has yeah. done mm -hmm. for this has been incredible. You know, yeah. he's the one. Shout that out to Ben. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Ben. Yeah, big ben, time, man. Yeah. Ben is awesome. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's a great dude. And, um, you know, for him to bring this mainstream, so like, oh, maybe not mainstream yet, yeah. that, you know, but, but, you know, to at least get it out there for people to start talking about and exploring is like, it's a, that's been a big deal. Cause you yeah. know, I don't think, um, you know, I, I, certainly wouldn't know about the topic wouldn't know about that mystery if it wasn't for him he's done great work on it and yeah it's a fun it's a, just an awesome hobby to be honest yeah with you. it's like it's like why not you know it's like we'd rather uh have some vases and and uh learn something about our history than you know whatever uh, yeah tesla stock or some shit <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well and it's it's yeah it, it's it has the potential to to really just completely revolutionize the entire concept of 
advanced civilizations in the ancient past. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it gives us an excuse, not an excuse, not always like it's needed, but it gives us a reason to take another look at a lot of other artifacts and say, yeah. if somebody in the distant past was making this, yeah. then... And they were doing this in some way that require it seems to require like you know a five axis machine, whatever, possibly computer controlled. Then then what were they using to make this? Right. And who right. were these people? And what was their purpose? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That was the yeah. the one. I don't know. We're trying to wrap it up, but it just reminded me that you you had brought up statues, and I mm -hmm. I have some. We made some really good observations. I think last time we were in Egypt, of the types of statues that look like the precision type vases versus other statues that, you know, if you don't really look closely, you can't tell, but they, they obviously are not the same quality and they almost look like handmade versus machine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the good indicators is the hand. Like they, they often have fists at their sides and you can see on the, the real precise ones they have these curves on their fingers that are just unnaturally perfect curves, mm -hmm. like an actual, you know, like a compass made it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones that are more handmade-y looking, uh, they're, they just don't, you can just tell the detail in the fingers just doesn't match. Yeah. And then, of course, they have all the, the, the musculature stuff on the and knees. the legs. That's just incredible. The, yeah, uh, it's incredible work. The proportions of the legs and arms to the face mm -hmm. is a huge one, too. Okay. And in the ones where their fingers have those perfect radii, mm -hmm. their legs and arms to their body and head are, are proportionate. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other ones always seem to have their limbs are it's too a little big. Off. It's, it's, yeah, it's it doesn't off. quite look right. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, they're all standing in rows in like the Luxor Temple, and you you wouldn't notice. Yeah, you know, without Unless really, just really looking at them in right. detail. Right. So it's it seems to be like what you were like showing us with the vases. It yeah. seems similar. Yeah, yeah. And so the obvious question is: was it was it the same people? You know, at similar times with the mm -hmm. same technology, and just you know, on some of them they were trying, on some of them they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or was it like was it uh, you know two different times? Was it did it come yeah. from two different time periods? Or That's, could they have been making them and then? within 50 years or 100 years of their own time, develop the machines that made them better. Yeah, yeah, right. Like right. we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or could they be like, you know, these are masterworks and these are like apprentice works. This is journeyman stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you're going to have people that are really good and you're going to have people who just got started. Right. And maybe you have some of those guys' vases and maybe you also have masterworks. Right, 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 right. yeah. People yeah. who've been doing it for forever yeah for sure yeah but what always gets me is that you don't see them after you know dozier buried right. himself with yeah. all of them it's like did they that really make wild. any of them in the first that place just got, it was it, it went out of fashion right yeah yeah yeah. we're just gonna work with alabaster now <laughs> yeah. it's just like you know it's like a fingernail you know, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah so yeah all right awesome man yeah great to chat with you guys yeah, yeah thanks yeah, matt this yeah. has been amazing awesome yeah i agree yeah yeah, yeah. good conversation yeah uh, appreciate you guys coming down look forward to catching up with you at Co cosmic summit yes yeah. um yeah you guys want to tell people a little bit maybe about your your channel and just where to find you yeah uh brothers of the serpent if you look that up where anywhere podcasts can be found lots of most of our earlier shows are all audio there's no video recently we've been doing video so we're on youtube we're on spotify uh, but brothersoftheserpent.com is the website. I'm also on Twitter. That's pretty much the only social media. I don't, I don't know how I have Instagram or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but we also have $50 Dynasty. That's Kyle's, that's Kyle's band. He, yeah. all, all the music on our podcast, he makes. 
Nice. So it's in-house. Uh, so we have bumper tunes, and it's all been made by him. Some of it's from from the band. So you can find them at $50dynasty.com. Yep, there's and, an uh, album there for free, yeah. Precession. Yep, mm-hmm. Precession. It, inc- it includes a lot of the themes of the stuff we talk about, ancient yeah. mysteries, ancient texts, you know, the processional cycle, mm-hmm. who were these people and what were their stories. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Very cool, man. Thank That's you. been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you at Cosmic Summit and then, uh, you know, hopefully have you guys on every once in a while. Maybe, maybe I'll come on your show once. Yeah. You should definitely come on our show. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. That was a lot of fun, guys. Appreciate All right, man. it very Thanks, much. Thank you. Yep. Awesome.